0: the show. My name is Danielle McCartan. Good evening. This is McCartan before midnight here on the fan. We'll be talking all things New York sports on this exciting sports weekend right up till 2 a.m. in New York City and beyond. Whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the rest of the next couple hours, whether that be on your car radio, 1019 FM, 660 AM, streaming from WFAN.com or on our free Odyssey app. And of course, We are here in the Big Apple. Connor Green and I are coming to you live from the studio in lower Manhattan. Go ahead. Start dialing 877-337-6666. Taking your calls right here in this first segment. Get aboard. Quick programming note. Former Major League Baseball pitcher who spent some time here in New York with the Mets. Current podcast host for the New York Post. The Mets podcast. Nelson Figueroa will join us at exactly 1120 p.m. So if you have a question for Nelson, go ahead. Tweet it to me, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And uh, are you ready for a roundup? I had sports on all day long. I had my TV's wonderful split-screen feature, which I actually, and, <laughs> you know the story, I, I figured that out by accident. I, uh, I sat on the remote by accident, and then I was like, oh my God, I have pitcher and pitcher. This is great. So I had some uh, split-screen action going on today. Nets and Yankees pretty much played at the same time. And the Mets, and then I had another, had to do another split screen situation with the Mets and the Knicks. So, what a day. Uh, I guess we'll, I'm going to hit all four teams here in this open, kind of like a topic train, a mishmash. I, that's how I envisioned tonight's show going. Got us, uh, uh, I almost said soccer, a, uh, a hockey preview coming up a little later in the show. All three of our locals have made the playoffs since last time I talked to you. So, we'll start. With the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, what could we say about game one of this Nets 76ers? It's just the 76ers dominated the Nets 121-101. The Nets really didn't have a chance. They didn't outscore the 76ers in any of the four individual quarters. NBA.com said there were two lead changes in the game, and I can't even remember a time where the Nets actually led the game. And when you start seeing and hearing the phrase – Franchise history in the same sentence as your opponent's name, you know that's not a good thing. Philly made a franchise playoff record, 21 three pointers. James Harden made seven of them. Only Allen Iverson has made more in a playoff game in franchise history. I mean, that's bad. That's a bad sign. And the thing is, the Nets didn't play that badly. They held Joel Embiid to only seven shot attempts in the first you know, in the first half. The Nets had a much, at the game's end, the Nets had a much higher two-point percentage than the 76ers. They had a much higher three-point percentage than expected within 4% of the 76ers they were. So it's like, you know what that tells me? That tells me that this Nets team is completely overmatched. I mean, maybe if they can clean up their 19 to- turnovers, they're going to have a fighter's shot but maybe it's more like an ice cube shot in hell because I said last weekend, the 76ers in five, that was my pick. And I and remember when I said, I was just hoping, I just said it because I was just hoping the Nets are, are, won't get sweep, swept. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they're, they're going to be able to steal just one at the Barclays Center. But after this showing today, I am not hopeful. And you got the Knicks. We'll keep playoff basketball in the same, same breath here. The Knicks. The Knicks got off to a hot start in this one. And one of the TV commentators, I don't know which one it was, but I kind of had it on it in the background and it caught my attention. He was saying how he and the fans in attendance in Cleveland were shocked that the Knicks got off to such a hot start. And I was like, really? Have you been watching this team at all this season? I mean, Julius Randle looked like great. That was the first thing I was looking for. How how did he look? He looked fast. He looked spry. He looked agile. He looked agile. And he dominated the first half for the Knicks. Then you got Jalen Brunson, who picked it up and put the team on his back, carried him on his shoulders in the second half. And Josh Hart, just absolutely outstanding. Just actually outstanding on one ankle in the the late in that fourth quarter. And the biggest takeaway from this game, I've got two. I know I just said one. I've got two. One, in terms of second-chance points, The Knicks were one point shy of doubling the Cavaliers in second-chance points. They dominated the glass tonight, absolutely dominated the glass tonight in terms of rebounds, and to me, that shows the want and the will and the grit to win all hallmarks of a Tom Thibodeau team. But I think, number two, the bigger story is this. The Cleveland Cavaliers have no answer and no match for the depth of the bench of the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks bench thoroughly, completely outscored the Cavaliers bench. And it, it wasn't even close. I mean, at the half, the Knicks bench had outscored them 17 to 5. I think the final total ended up being 37 to 14. I mean, that's significant, not only to just have affected this game. But this in, that has the potential to it really affect the entire series, and I'm going to still hold true to what I said last week: Knicks in six. But it, to me, it's trending more like I don't want to say the word sweep, but I think shorter than six. If if they have if the Cavs can't find an answer to this Knicks bench, the depth of it, containing it, this game, this is going to be over quick. So tonight, I mean, you even think about all right, Donovan Mitchell. What did he do? 38 points. And the Knicks were able to withstand that 38-point effort by Donovan Mitchell. Again, because the Cavs bench is not even in the same stratosphere as the Knicks. And actually, I just love the game plan from the Knicks standpoint, too. I think it was smart. Because the Cleveland Cavaliers have the best defense in the regular season. Best team defense regular season happens to be Cavaliers, so what do you do? Well, you really don't let them get set up in in a defensive set. The Knicks executed that strategy completely. I mean, they got they played fast. They got out ahead of the defense, and it was, again, a great game plan, and it was extremely well executed by the Knicks tonight. Expect more of it until, of course, the Cavaliers come up with an answer. But, again, I don't know if they can. We move on to the Yankees. You know, remember, oh, think way back to the year 2020, March or April 2020, May 2020, during the height of the COVID experience that we all shared together. Do you remember when they were telling us to sing the happy birthday song to make sure that we washed our hands for at least 20 seconds? Remember that? Yeah, well, Domingo Herman definitely was not a 20-second hand washer. Because there was a lot of controversy during the early goings of today's Yankees-Twins game. And in short, what happened was the umpires checked Domingo Herman's hands. He was told to wash the excess rosin off of them. And then he came back out to the field, was checked again, and then there was a huge meeting of the minds. All of the umpires were. Bunch of Yankee players. Rizzo was in there. Rizzo was actually, if you see the replay, Rizzo was actually checking Herman's hands himself. Okay? Like, that's going to matter. Then you had uh, Glaber Torres in on on it. The the translator, Marlon Abreu, he was in on a boon. The whole thing. And they're looking at his hands. Because he didn't wash them long enough. Or with enough soap. Or something. So that's how I know Domingo Herman was not a 20-second hand washer. But he was allowed to go back and pitch the fourth inning and beyond. And, and uh, to this point, he was pitching a perfect game. And Rocco Baldelli, as a result of him being allowed to go pitch into the fourth inning, Baldelli came out of the dugout and was quickly ejected, swiftly ejected. And after the game, he said, quote, I was not going to go out onto the field and return to the dugout just on principle. So obviously that means he's anticipating being tossed. And then he added, "The pitcher did not comply with what he was asked to do." Now I get, like, like if if he heard the post game and everything from him, I like get why he, why he was upset. And I'll play the audio for you in a second. I'm gonna play the audio for you in a second, but I I, I want to talk about this first. Just get that sent over there, Connor. All right, Connor, it's it's there. Um, Herman didn't do anything wrong. He didn't, and and per the updated Major League Baseball memo that went out, or was at least published on March 25th. There's like three things I want to point out in this. Number one, it sa- this says directly in the memo, umpires will inspect the top and bottom of the pitching hand. Looking for stickiness on the pitcher's thumb, the pitcher's index finger, the middle finger, and the palm. Well, here's the thing. I think I found the sticking point, and there's no pun intended there. After the second inspection, Herman was allowed to continue, in my opinion, because the remaining excess rosin when he was washing his hands, he left it on his pinky finger. He left it there, and I think he left it there on purpose. But the memo only instructs the umpires to check out, again, the thumb, the index, the middle, and the palm. Not the pinky. Number two takeaway from the MLB, the the Major League Baseball memo that was sent out, or at least published, the last week of March. Says, should an inspection reveal that the pitcher's hand is, in the words of the memo, unquestionably sticky the umpire will conclude that a foreign substance has been used in order to gain a competitive advantage resulting in penalties. But here's the thing. Domingo Herman did not have any foreign substances on his hands. It was just excess rosin. So, well, then what does the memo say about rosin? That's point number three. It says pitchers will continue to be permitted to use a rosin bag on their hands on their wrist, and on their forearm to assist in managing sweat, but they are prohibited from applying it to their gloves and uniforms, nor are they allowed to combine rosin with any other substance, such as sunscreen. No infractions found with Hermann. None. And honestly, if, if it was that egregious, or the substance was deemed to be illegal by the entire officiating crew, then Herman would have been tossed. But it wasn't illegal. It was just too much rosin. And you know, I am not the biggest fan of Domingo Hermano and what has gone on in his his extracurriculars to his career. But he didn't do anything wrong in this situation. And so, Connor, thanks for scrambling on that one. I forgot to send it to you. That's my bad. But from Bally Sports North, here is... Rocco Baldelli's explanation after the game. And now the whole thing, if you wanted to watch it, it's 8 minutes and 13 seconds. We don't have that kind of time here tonight. So I've got about a little, uh, uh, over a minute. I I want you just to get the main gist of it. This is how he started his post-game little press conference at his desk. Again, this is Rocco Baldelli's explanation to the whole thing from Bally Sports North.
1: Sure, I'll I'll do it, but I'm going to be very brief um, in the way that I'll talk about it. Um obviously everyone that was watching the game could see the same thing that we were seeing. And uh, their pitcher was was warned or asked to um, clean his hand off of, of the uh, rosin that was on his hand because sometimes if you do use rosin, it will get especially uh, tacky. Um, he was warned. He didn't fully comply. I would say with the warning from what I was told and uh, was still allowed to keep pitching. So that's it. That's it. I just don't agree with that in principle. I do appreciate the courtesy that pitchers around the league will get when uh, the umpires ask them to um, you know, remove some of that rosin from their hand, um, rosin and sweat, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I would expect all teams and all players to uh, get that courtesy, and they have. And I think overall the umpires have done a good job of that. Um, But when he comes back out, doesn't comply with what he was asked to do, um, has something on his hand that um, he shouldn't.
0: Yeah, so with all that said, and thanks, Connor, I, I mean, I could definitely see it from Baldelli's point of view. A, he didn't ask for the check. The umpires noticed it on their own. B in Herman's last outing, he had a career high 5 walks. And there hasn't been a single outing before today's game where he's pitched into the 5th inning. And today he no hit. I think a perfect game no hit, the first 16 Twins batters. Finished with a career high strikeout mark. That's quite a turnaround from start to start. And and then point C, he was told to wash it off, then came back with it still on his hand. And Deli never questioned the substance itself. It was just that he was told to wash it off twice. But then again, it remained on the pinky, which is a no-check location for the umpires, according to that memo, disseminated by the league. So ultimately, maybe what I could see happening is they're going to mandate all rosin use to be on field, not in the dugout like Herman uses it. But the little question in the back of my mind is, well, why are you using it only in the dugout? Is that kind of weird? Or is that just to, you know, preserve some time on on the mound with the new pitch clock? I don't know. Herman said through interpreter Marlon Abreu after the game, he said, when I went back out, the discussion, it was intense. There was a moment there that I felt things were going to kind of get out of hand. I was able to explain and tell him about my rosin bag in the dugout. He was able to talk that over and understand and reason. He was able to listen to what I was saying, and he was able to discuss it with the rest of the umpires, and they said, okay, go out and pitch. And see, this would all be rectified if the umpires had to talk to the media after a game, especially if there's a questionable call like this one, a discussion like this one. And we, all of us, would not have to try to read between these lines, but then again, we'd have nothing to talk about. In, in any event, it, it was a gem of a performance from Domingo Herman, a bounce-back performance. I mean, he gave up his first hit in the top of the six with just one out. Final stat line was six and a third. One hit, I mean, three hits, one run, a very efficient 78 pitches, no walks, and a career-high 11 strikeouts. And of those 11 strikeouts, seven of them were on curveballs. Hitters today were one for 10 On curveballs. 17 swings and misses. And on the season, opponents hits just 107 against that curveball. Including the last bad outing. And today. So, it was a gem of a performance from Domingo Ron. You know, rosin and all. And finally, the Mets. The Mets. uh, Some timely situational hitting by Brandon Nimmo bailed the Mets out today. Odovino survived two walks and three stolen bases in the eighth. And David Robinson had to strike out the last batter twice because of a pitch lock clock violation on the first strike three. I mean, crisis averted. But some other observations, Carla Carrasco still continues to struggle. But comparatively, today's outing lowered his ERA to like eight something. Imagine that. Lowered it to like, I think it was eight five, something like that. And, and that comes after a game where he hit three batters. <laughs> oh, maybe he needs an extra rosin. I don't know. And then the, the bottom third of the Mets order, I talked about it last week, it is still struggling, still continues to struggle. And the thing is, since the start of the season, based on my count, Buck Showalter has used only the same combination of last three hitters twice so far this season. Every other game has been a new combination of guys hitting in the bottom third. And it's concerning because, based on my notes, based on my calculations, there's the production from the bottom third of the order, including tonight. They are 28 for 158 on the season. Again, collectively as a group, the bottom third of the Mets order. Yes, I went through every single lineup card and every single and, and added up every single thing myself. The bottom third of the Mets order this season, no matter who is in those spots, they are 28 for 158 with one home run, 14 RBI, and a 177 average. The bottom third. Three batters. Something's got to give. How could they have not gone out and gotten a bat at the deadline? How could they have not yet promoted Beatty, Vientos, and or Mauricio at this point? What are they doing? This... Triple A, Oakland A's team series, it, it would have been a really nice, cushy spot for them to land on their feet. So kind of like a topic train to start the night off with the myriad of New York teams that took the field today, Saturday, and took the playoff court today, Saturday, and those that are going to be on the playoff ice tomorrow we'll get into a little bit later. And of course, the Odell Beckham thing, what a sigh of relief for the Jets. Trying to hit every single sport, every single team tonight. We'll see if you and I can make that happen. I wouldn't have it any other way. My name is Danielle McCartan. We'll take your calls coming up right after this break. Hello, everybody. My name is Danielle McCartan. Don't be shy. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Lots of things to talk about. I mean, we had two playoff basketball games happen today. We had some controversy in the Yankee game today. And and crisis controversy avoided in the Met game today when David Robertson was called for a pitch clock violation on the last strike of the game. He threw a strike. The umpire had his hand up to to indicate a pitch clock violation, which it was, objectively speaking, it was. And then the fire that that, that David Robertson came back with to to strike the the, the same batter out on the next pitch was just, I mean, when you saw it, they were like, oh, wow, this guy is out for it. And, of course, I mean, I think the biggest, I'll get in t- tweets, and that's at Coach MCC A-R-T-A-N, about um, the Knicks. Uh, at Colorblind6 says the, they have been road warriors all year. That's true. They are better than Cleveland based on tonight. That's also true. And he said they won't have an answer with our depth on the bench. Yep, talked about that in the open. And he said, and this was a good point too that I forgot to bring up. Quickly didn't even have a good game, but others stepped up. Hart, Toppin, Hartenstein, yeah. Quickly didn't have a good game tonight, and it it didn't really matter because other guys stepped up. When was the last time that happened in a playoff game? Right for the Knicks, and and, and you gotta love this on the on the post game uh, interviews, you know. I think they were sitting right next to each other. Yeah, because they're looking at each other. Josh Hart wore a T-shirt with Jalen Brunson's, a picture of Jalen Brunson's cover of the Slam magazine that he was on. And they're just looking at each other. Like, find somebody that looks at you the way Josh Hart looks at Jalen Brunson. And, uh, yeah, it looks like they were sitting next to each other. So that's pretty cool. Knicks had a huge win. The Nets, I don't think, have a chance. They were absolutely overmatched in Philly. Again, Rocco Baldelli ejected after arguing that Domingo Harman was allowed to continue to pitch after he was asked to wash his hands from excess rosin. Excess, that's my word, not his. And then the Mets booth actually was even talking about it. It was like the, I think it was the third inning. Mets A's broadcast, the Mets booth was talking about it. And speaking of, Ottavino, Carrasco, and the terrible bottom third of the Mets order were bailed out completely by some timely situational hitting by none other than Brandon Nimmo. After the other night, I had I had a friend actually that's in um in in, in Oakland. I think they I think they might be back now. They might be tuned in uh coming back in the car from the airport right now, but they went to the past two games in Oakland. And I was getting texts very late of Some of them were were, were like laugh out loud funny from uh, Laura. Let me find it. Um, Oh, my God. Are you watching this? Lindor hit a grand slam. Oh, my God. I've never seen so many walks in an MLB game. I feel like I'm watching middle school. And then three minutes later and it says now and now a position player is pitching. (laughs) Yeah. 17 walks. Mets record. You saw history. I said back to her. Uh, 877-337-6666. And again, why are those kids not up for the Mets? Why are they not there? Your answer is good as mine. Again, 877-337-6666. In the order that you called, we will go. Al in New Jersey, you are a leadoff caller of the night there, Al. A couple of Knicks points here.
2: Yeah. Listen, I love my Knicks. I'm 60 years old. I've been suffering and suffering and suffering. I remember Clyde Frazier a little bit. Uh, that was in 73. I was 10 years old. And I love my Knicks. And they're not going anywhere. I get it. But can, please, can Randall please stop with the moaning and the whining after every single play? He just is so annoying. They're up 10 on the road in Cleveland. And he's, he's in the referee's face yeah. constantly. Up. He, the one that plays in the third quarter hits the guy in the head with his swing as his arm hits him in the face, and he's, compl- what is he complaining about? <laughs> he's constantly moaning. He never, Branson, he never says a word. He just plays. Just, you're up man on the road. Why are you antagonizing the officials?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Stop. Yeah, that, that could be very, you know, I think... There was one time where he he, he got really into it, and I, I believe Thibodeau took him out. I mean, I was watching with one eyeball, but that's a great that's a great strategy. When he gets hot like that, just get him out of the game. You're right. What was the point? What is the point of complaining to that point? I mean, you're right. Everything you said was exactly right, and, and they got to keep that in check because if that gets out of hand again, that could cost them this series.
3: Yeah, I mean, you you're winning on the road, you
2: know, and and you know what happens to you when you're the leader, or the you know other players pick up on that. You know what I mean? They. They see that, and yeah. then they
4: start to get involved in it. Yeah.
2: You know, that and the other thing is, listen, I'm a Duke fan. I, I'm a Duke and a Knicks fan. I, I've had it with RJ Barrett. I can't anymore. Yeah. He his defense is horrible. He cannot shoot. He's not even in the game at the end when the, you know Josh Hart has to make that huge shot. Yep. That's, ran, that's, that's R.J.'s That's that's RJ shot. That's to be the shot he makes, not Hart. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That's got to be his shot. And he can't even make the shot and he's got it you can't put him in the game. I am sorry, I know he's still young even though he's been around a long time, but I, I I can't take him no more. You know, this team, you know, like I said, they're not going anywhere. Maybe they could win this series. That would be great. They're out after that, the next series. But where's this team going with this you know, with with, with RJ Barrett? Is he
0: you know, is he our
2: guy for the next
0: ten years? I don't know. I, he he came up real small in Game One of a playoff series. You know what I mean? He, he, seven points, plus minus of thirteen. I love that number. It's a nice, neat number. I mean, it was it was horrible. He had a horrible
5: and he, game, and he hides. That's even the worst. Like, mm. like, you know, when he's when he's when he's
2: playing well, and, and he hunts. You know, he's he's good, but it's so far in between. And when he's not, he hides. He hides, you, know, you see him in the corner, that's Thibodeau's plan, just go in the corner, he hides in the corner, yeah. he's not even involved with what's going on out there, he's, if you look at this team, and the, you know, I don't think anybody thought we were going to get what we got out of Brunson, Brunson's been unbelievable, mm-hmm. but RJ's really supposed to be the second best player, maybe the, you know, share the best player on this team, he's not even the fifth best player on this
0: team. Al, can I, can I read you a tweet that I just got from a listener? <laughs> I don't know if it's going to make you mad or not, but it says this guy's whining more than Julius Randall. Yeah, well, listen, I had a call about
5: something. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like I said, I'm so glad they won, and it was a great
2: game. But you know, I'm afraid that his attitude with the officials is going to cost yeah. us at the end, especially if an all-star superstar like Donovan Mitchell making a
5: comeback, they yes. got the lead. He's going to get the benefit of the call. You know, I know how these, you know how these officials operate. I know he's not getting that call. No way, Randall's getting that call.
0: I know. And, and, Al, thanks for the call there, uh, here on the fan, on the radio here. Uh, you're right. It, that Julius Randle, the outburst, they need, they, need, there needs to be a strategy, an exit strategy of, up. Oh, he's getting hot, get him out of the game before he does something very detrimental. It, there's a chance. There's a chance. I don't want to sit here next week or next Sunday, Sunday at 6 p.m., and, and talk about how Julius Randle cost his outbursts and his antics towards the referees cost the Knicks a game. I don't want to be talking about that. You're right. But let's not be so negative. The Knicks pulled one off tonight. They're going to win this series. Uh, Let's go to uh, Wayne, New Jersey. Second caller of the night. Line two. Ben, you're up.
6: Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you?
7: Um, I'm doing good. I just want to talk about the Yankees today and uh, the Twins manager, Rocco. I can't remember his last name. Yeah, Baldelli. Yeah, I mean, and that... In that post-game press conference, I mean, I have never heard someone in a professional position like that contradict themselves so many times.
0: In which I, ways? It was
7: unbelievable. I mean, he started off in the beginning saying, oh, I'm going to be brief.
0: <laughs> it was eight okay. minutes long. Yeah.
7: Not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> eight, nine minutes later. Yeah. Okay. And then he was talking about, <laughs> oh, well, it was an illegal substance. And then he goes on to talk about how was rosin well, okay, so it wasn't an illegal substance. No, I don't think and he said that. He
0: I don't think he said anything about the, the actual substance being illegal, and he was asked to clarify okay. that. He said that it okay. was not that. All right. He was okay. just, he was just annoyed right. that he so was allowed to go back that. out and pitch. That's what he said.
7: Forget that part. Sure. Right? Forget that part. Okay, so then he said, all right, well, then Domingo was told, well, he's got to wash his hands, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and then he said, well, Domingo came out and it was exactly the same, but then two sentences later he said, well, he washed his hands, but it was still on part of his hands. Okay, so he did something, Yeah, and you acted like he did absolutely nothing. So that's where his total argument just got thrown out the window for me, because he said Domingo did nothing at all, but then two sentences later said, well... He took it off part of his hand, but not the rest of his hand. So did he do nothing, or did <laughs> he wash it off part of his hand and not all of his hand? Wow, ben,
0: you're sounding like Judge Judy out here.
7: I, I, I just don't understand. I mean, you can listen to the eight-minute, it just mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. The entire press conference made no sense whatsoever. Everything that man said made no sense at all. He contradicted himself the entire time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about, I have, I have some, I was trying to read some of the, the stuff that I have here. Uh, he said their pitcher was warned or asked to clean his hand off with the rosin that was on his hand. He was warned. He didn't fully comply with the warning from what I was told and was told to keep pitching. Oh, you know, he was also pissed off about how, how it was a bunch of Yankees standing around the, the umpires trying to make the decision. He said there's an entire okay. huddle of Yankees around, all around the umpires when they're trying to have a discussion on the field and he can casually just walk onto the mound and keep pitching. Okay, and you know
7: what? Whose fault is that? I mean, I get it. I understand it's something to be annoyed about, but to have an eight-minute press conference after it and then try to imply that, oh, the Yankees might be cheating, it's literally rosin and sweat. Like, maybe the guy was sweating to death because he was nervous because he knew he was throwing a perfect game through six innings.
0: Like, oh, I well, mean, this happened in the not, fourth. That's totally
7: unreasonable. to think,
0: right? But it that's ended up completely being completely unreasonable, right? And it ended up being a, a, a warm, sticky, humid night too. Add that onto it, you know. So yeah,
7: exactly. It's just it's a joke. Honestly, it's so funny. And you know what? I'm a huge Yankees fan, and the way they smacked us in the mouth the night before, it's so funny that they can't just take the L. And they have to come up with a way that Jerm- Domingo German, of all people, German. is the one cheating out there.
0: Well, ben, like, I, I get well, it.
7: What and, are and we know doing?
0: What? I know. And it's just the fact that probably he was getting – they were getting no hit. It was through the fourth inning, and they were just trying to grasp at something. But, again, Baldelli, by Boone's account and by his own account, he, he did not ask for it. The, the umpires saw something. <laughs> they said something. They saw something, so they said something. Right? That's how that goes. Yeah, so that, that's how that went down, and and you're right. The, the best part about it was he's like, I'm going to be brief. Ends up being eight minutes and 30 seconds long. Uh, anyway, so we'll take more of your calls at 877-337-6666. Wanted to touch on just briefly about how uh, today across the league it was Jackie Robinson Day. We'll continue rolling with your next calls. Uh, that seems to be the hot topic of discussion, the Nets. The Mets, whatever you want to talk about, I'm here for it. 877 337 6666. Welcome back to the fam. My name is Danielle McCartan, hanging with you till 2 on this busy, busy sports Saturday here in New York City. Uh, just as we continue the discussion after a big Knicks win, um, the Nets looking flimsy, flimsy in Philly, uh, and, and the controversy with the Yankees, Domingo Herman, and, uh, and, and The Mets are the bottom third of that order is still atrocious. And as we continue with that, we also have to talk about how today we saw across all of Major League Baseball, the tributes to Jackie Robinson really quickly here on the 76th anniversary of his breaking the color barrier on April 15th, 1947. And you saw today, we all saw the patches on the sides of the players' caps, the Dodger blue number 42 on the backs of every player. Uh, the number that um was actually uh, i well not obviously but it was retired for, in league wide in 1997 and you know why Mariano was allowed to continue wearing it because it was kind of grandfathered in my friend who was in Oakland watching the game she sent me a picture and she wrote this is today's giveaway and it's uh it's a green cap it's got like embroidered like Jackie Robinson's like signature on the bill it's got a big 42 right where like the team logo would be And then the A's logo is actually on the side of it. Not a bad giveaway, if you ask me, right? And you heard all the tributes from the broadcasters and the players across the country talking about, you know, a World Series winner, six-time All-Star, National Baseball Hall of Fame inductee, class of 1962, Jackie Robinson's life and legacy. And the game of baseball is better, and we are all better, because of what he stood up for and what he did. So today, uh... 76th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. There you go. And I just had one eyeball on the game that's on TV right now: Golden State and Sacramento. Um, I mean, right? Who cares at this point? But Sacramento's winning by four. But more importantly, they just showed Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent sitting right there courtside, and he had a big ring, five zero full of diamonds. Nice. Fifty Cent. That's that's old school. Talk about 1997. No, it's not that old. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, lots to talk about today. And here we go. We're going to go back to the phones, 877-337-6666 to Linden, New Jersey. Alex, you're up here on The Fan in New York City. Hey,
5: Danielle. How's it going tonight? Great. How are you, Alex? Good. Great uh, Great sports day uh, for New York area today. And uh can't wait for Tuesday. Well, Tuesday night's going to be crazy. Well, don't tell that to the Nets fans. It wasn't that great for them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. Um, just a quick point about the Knicks. Obviously, Brunson. I mean, no one thought that that that. The free agent signing of him was going to be this good. I mean, this is incredible. Um, him and Josh Hart together. I mean, there's so much fun to watch. You know, mm-hmm. um, as they grew up together at Villanova. And then one quick point about Domingo Herman and Rocco Baldelli. I'm going to hang up and listen. Sure. Um, I agree with Rocco Baldelli. I think the Umps are clueless right now on a lot of aspects in the game. Going back to last week with the review that they allowed uh, Francona during, you know, during the commercial break. And today just kind of leads back to that. Like, I don't think they know what they're doing. Well, well, here's the thing. And Rocco so,
0: Bordelli spoke
5: very well about
0: it. He did. He did. And, and I could I could see his point, except the memo that went out. There's like three elements to that memo that that indicated that there was nothing that Herman did was wrong. I mean, A, it, it's not a banned substance. Rosin is not a banned substance. To B, the the memo that went out in that last week of March indicated that the, the umpires are instructed to check only these areas: the the top of the pitching hand, the bottom of the pitching hand, thumb, index finger, middle finger, and palm. So that's why. I guess you're right there. When he came back you're out right. to you know pitch, it was only left on his pinky. Did he do it on purpose? I'd I'd probably venture to guess that yes, that's why he did it. He left it on the pinky on purpose. I, I would say yes on that, but. They're not checking there based on the memo. Maybe the memo has to be changed. Or and, and
5: uh, Danielle, did you see what they did today? Though with the, uh, where last night with Bellinger.
0: Mm, oh yeah, he was getting a standing ovation, and they called the pitch clock violation on him. Right? Is yeah, that what it was? I think, yeah, I just honestly think
5: there's some things with these new rules that are fluky. Going back to the sticky stuff of a couple years ago, now with the pitch clock, with the replay, I just think MLB needs to go probably not till this next off season and just clean it all up. And I'll hang up and listen, Danielle. Have a good
0: night. Yeah, thanks, Alex. And you know, I love the pitch clock. I really do. But all right. Maybe a standing ovation. Maybe that could be um rectified, probably, I think. Um, but look they, look at the, the text of the memo that went out, and you will find that Domingo Herman did nothing wrong. Maybe Rocco Baldelli's the guy who needs to 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 brush up on the on that memo that went out. Because the umpires did everything by the book, and because I, I think he he was told to wash his hands because he had a little too much on there, right? But it wasn't a banned substance. So Domingo Herman goes and washes his hands for less than twenty seconds. If you listen to the open, and um, it was left on the pinky, and the pinky is 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 the one finger that doesn't get checked. So, coincidence or not, we'll see. But as far as the rules and how it, you know, because I looked it up, I wanted to be right. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I was giving you the right information. He did nothing wrong. And I am not a Domingo Armand fan. Believe me. But he didn't do anything wrong today. Mike in Manhattan, you're up next here on The Fan. Mike. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, what's going how you on? Doing? Hey, uh, just
8: coming back from Watch Party. That place was was rocking tonight. Um, I saw some videos. Out- oh, yeah,
9: yeah,
8: yeah. There was Watch Parties all- going all over. Uh, to me, I thought this was a, a tight-knit series here. Cleveland is a hell of a team, and I think t- tonight's game is the way it's going to go. Cleveland is the best defensive team in the league, so I'm going to expect these type of grind-out wins. Yeah, but uh, Mike, listen to me.
0: the thing is, uh, if, if you're the Knicks and you don't allow them to get set up in their defensive set, you've won the game right there.
8: Correct, yeah. that's Yeah, that was going to be my next point here. Uh, to, to, to seal this win, and basically the Knicks did everything in that final minute, uh, to give Cleveland that game with the way uh, Mitchell was going off. Mm-hmm. And luckily, uh, Brunson does what he does, hit clutch shots when the Knicks needed it yep. um, to lose this game. But I think, to me, they're going to need something out of Baird quickly to not really get any production out of those guys. And to, to, for them to be as flat as they were and and to still win that, that game here tonight is huge for the Knicks. Specifically, that's a game the Knicks would lose, especially on the road where Cleveland is a pretty dominant home team. Yep. So to pull this off is, is huge for their confidence. but. I'm going to expect a lot from them. And and talking about Randall here, he's got to he's got to rein it in. This is the playoffs now. You can't afford to do anything dumb, right? Because you're playing a, a, an elite team here in Cleveland, and Cleveland can't go into the Garden and win. So this is not going to be where you know they have they're both comfortable going into uh, opposing the opposing building and winning. So right. I think it's really critical to try to go up 2-0 on this team because. It's it's not certain the Knicks are going to win both games back at the Garden. Correct. But so this was a huge step tonight. But you got to play a lot better because, like I said, I um, mean they 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 really skated getting that that hard, Harden signed uh, rebound there. I know because they were they were a, a stretch there of losing. So big huge big game one tonight, and expecting them to play a lot better in game two because we know Cleveland can go off, and if they get going, especially with Mobley not really going off, you expect him to play a lot better himself. So. Yep. It's going to be interesting, game two. But as uh, far tonight, going to be happy because it's the first road game in what 20 plus years for the Knicks. So we'll take it at least for tonight.
0: Yeah,
5: and celebrate and, this win.
0: Yeah, thanks, Mike. And celebrate that and be happy. Knicks pulled it off. And 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 hey, listen, two things. The key to this game, if the, they don't allow the defense to get set up, if you're, you're scoring points in transition, that's a win for you right then and there. In you know, internally in the game, also a win when your bench completely and utterly outscores the other team's bench. And and Levert, only three points. Wade two. Osmond led all scorers off the bench with nine. Rupio, zero. So, lots to take away from this Knicks game and and, and kind of project it onto to what can happen in the rest of the season. Quick break. Dexter Henry update. And I'll be back with you at the top of the 11 p.m. hour. Broadcast. Welcome back to WFAA. My name is Danielle McCarton. One hour down, three to go. In just about 20 minutes... Nelson Figueroa, former Major League pitcher, spent some time with the Mets. He's now the co-host of the New York Post's Amazing But True podcast. He'll be joining us in about 20 minutes, 1120, don't go anywhere. As we continue the conversation about the big Knicks win tonight, most recent, and a bunch of other stuff going on today. I've got a hockey preview for you tomorrow. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk about how this morning, uh, early this morning, I was up at 7 a.m., got off the plane around... Five thirty, I guess yesterday. Uh, plane from San Diego. That is at Newark Airport. Deplaned around five thirty-five ish. Was up at seven because today, for the second year in a row, Dumont Little League asked me to speak at their opening day ceremony after the you know the baseball and softball parade in town, and um, you know I, I was a little worried because like I, I did it last year and. I wasn't sure what else I could have said that I didn't already say this year than last year. Uh, I, I didn't think I was going to be asked again, but I was, and and you know, it was fun. And and last year, I had gone in with a uh, little pre-recorded message uh, for the kids from from Aaron Judge, and I was like worried about like how could I possibly top that? Like what? But uh, I I thought, ultimately, this year's speech went pretty well, I thought. Um, I even said to the—there was, like, hundreds of kids sitting in front of you, you know. I even asked the hundreds of kids sitting there, and I said—I asked him, you know, who was paying attention last year, and who remembers me? And this is, like, T-ball kids all the way up to, like, you know, really the high schoolers. And so I said, all right, who remembers me? And and, uh, which player did I have as a little surprise for you you last year? And one kid— shot his hand up in the air right away. He's wearing a red T-shirt, red hat. He had like the, you know, the 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 real deal reflection sunglasses on the brim of his cap. And he was like, you screamed it out. He's like, judge, let's go. And he like, <laughs> did, 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 did he flexed. So, um, yeah, I said, yeah, you got it. And I said, and I gave it away. It slipped out. I, I was wanting it to be a surprise. And I was like, here's a message from, and I said the guy's name and I didn't want to. But this year I, I had a, um, a, a little recorded message uh, from Garrett Cole. Um, so, I mean, the Ace of the Yankees did pretty good, I think. And uh, you know, in case anybody that knows Garrett Cole is listening right now, I just, uh, I really wanted to say thank you because that that was pretty cool. I mean, really cool. And um, I actually have it. I'm just gonna play. I didn't, Connor. I didn't send this to you, but I'm just gonna play it into the microphone. It's 15 seconds long. This was the the little message that Garrett Cole recorded for for the kids today.
9: Hey, DeMont Little League, this is
10: Garrett Cole. Opening day is fun for everybody, whether you're in Little League or whether you're in the major leagues. So have fun today. Play every pitch as hard as you can. Listen to your coaches. And most of all, have some fun.
0: Yeah, that was Garrett Cole. And, uh, oops, sorry, it's playing it's again. Cole. Whoops. Um, yeah, so thank you to Garrett Cole. That was awesome. The kids went nuts. Um, and, you know, it just, it just felt like a little nice homecoming to to come back to town, back down memory lane and, uh, Thanks again to Dumont uh, baseball and, and softball for having me come back again for a back-to-back performance now. To make it three in a row, I'm not sure if I could do that. Um, but, yeah, it, it was fun, and I appreciate that. So, anybody from Dumont listening right now, thank you. It was a fun time. I'm sitting here right now in the sweatshirt you guys gave me today, Dumont baseball, orange and uh, gray. I'm not a fan of the gray. Got to go back to the orange and Brown anyway thank you thank you thank you it was a fun time but it's been a long day <laughs> a long day full of sports and split screening tv and and uh i had three looking at three screens all day today tv laptop phone but um it's all fun and now i'm looking at the call screener. Right now it's it's time to get going here 877-337-6666 again figueroa nelson figueroa joining us at uh at 11 20 all right in the order that you call let's go uh jim in Haverstraw. you're up next here on a fan hey how you doing danielle good how are you there jim I'm well. Thanks for
2: asking. So you know how you could uh, be the first year is you should have brought Judge out on the stage.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, th- I think he was a little bit busy this morning, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> real quick, before my next point, um, the baseball, the, the you know, the stuff on the hand. So you're saying the the memo came out and yeah. it was like thumb, pink uh, ring, uh, whatever, but it didn't say pink. I, I don't know what you mean. So... If there's like seven pounds of spider tack on the pinky, they are not they can't say anything because it wasn't in the memo. I, I really don't know what that means. Well, it says, so uh, I understand that rods, yeah, it, is it's a, uh, a, a substance.
0: But I no, I think if I think if if any sort of banned substance is seen at all, then it's supposed to go. But I see your point. It, it, the text is right here. Umpires will inspect the top and bottom of the pitching hand, looking for stickiness on the pitcher's thumb, index finger, middle finger, and palm. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think you found the gray area in that. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know.
2: I don't know. It's just funny that it's like, all right, it's, they didn't say pinky or whatever. But um, anyway, so uh, the thing. So at, at the you know the beginning of the or when we first found out about the, the signing with Brunson, mm-hmm. um, I, I was for it. I, I loved the signing. Yeah. But I, I wasn't in with the, the dollars. Right. I'm like, this isn't the, the star. Whatever. This guy deserves every penny that he has gotten. I was so wrong with the dollar amount. It is amazing watching this guy play basketball. And every time he gets off a shot and every time the ball goes in, I just, I'm, I'm just, you know, he, he's so good at making himself. um, I, I don't know, open, getting that separation. And it's over and over and over again. It's constant. And, you know, I, but watch, I've, I've, I'm 46, right? I've been watching the Knicks forever, right? I'm, I'm you know, Lewis Orr, Trent Tucker, you know, I go back, Kiki Van right? I'm, 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 uh, I've been watching for a very long time. But, you know, to, to get, have this, you know, this point to run this show to, you know, not, you know, give the ball a mellow in the corner for 20 seconds with the last shot and throw it off the back of the rim, it's just, it's, I'm excited. It's just very, very fun to watch. Um, and also, you know, I just, I wanted to get this out. I can't stand, right? We're up by four. You know, there's four seconds left. They inbound the ball. If you watch the last play, why? I forget who it was.
0: You know what? Why Jim, wait. Why is he wait. riding this hip? Jim, wait. Hold Sorry. on. you got to give me one second because I, I was listening on the way in, so I didn't see physically the play. I was just listening to the, the commentators talk about it. So, go ahead. Explain the play. So,
2: I, I mean, it, it wasn't that big of a play because it, it didn't really matter, right, because there's uh, 4.6 seconds left, mm-hmm. right? They inbound the ball. Um, and it's, you know, they didn't have any timeout, so they couldn't call timeout in, uh, half court or whatever. Okay. But our, our player, again, I forget who it was, mm-hmm. is riding his, his hip. And if you watch it all the way, the only way that they could have tied the game is if they, they pulled a grandma, right? If they had LJ out there and he, he pulled up a four point play. Mm-hmm. I just don't, these guys do it all the time. Now I understand you kind of have to, no, get in the way a little bit, slow things down. If they throw the ball out, it's like rolling on the floor. You want to, you know, make a move so they touch it. But it's so frustrating. I really want you to watch it. And, you know, the guy, he got the shot off. and We have contact. I mean, we have contact on him. Right. And it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Danielle last thing. Yeah. Lead. My, uh, my, my boy, he uh, pitched today. He started today, 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, they won 4-2. to The coaches send out, the you know, how many pitches. He threw uh today, you know, for the whole, you know, arm thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. He threw 42 pitches.
9: Wow. So what
2: do you think about that? Yeah, yes, that's, that's a coincidence Jackie on, on Jackie Robinson day. Robinson day yeah. Yes, they won 4-2 and he threw 42 pitches. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, thanks for uh, let me uh let me uh talk and uh uh see you
0: <laughs> Thanks there, Jim, from Hammerstraw. Yeah, you know, I think Jalen Brunson has been everything and more than than people were expecting him to be. I mean, I, I, I again, I'm not great with names on radio or because I, I was listening on the way. I didn't see the play. So if anybody has that play, want to send it my way, it's at Coach mcc and I'll take a look at that. But the radio commentators, they were, they were calling him the Backfoot Bandit. I mean, everything was a fadeaway, and he can't, couldn't be stopped. So, Jalen Brunson worth every penny, like you said there, Jim, and more. Amazing. Mike in Kings Park, New York. You're up next here on The Fan.
5: Hey, Danielle. How are you? Great. How are you?
2: Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm just excited about the Knicks. Uh, I mean, if if you really think about it, I don't know if there was a better acquisition in free agency than Jalen Brunson. I don't think there was a better acquisition at the trade deadline than uh, Hart. I mean these two guys have been absolute lights out for the Knicks yep. um this season and there was I mean those are those two players are the reason why they won this game today um Hart's Hart's energy is there every single night but tonight he gave you you know what he had 18 tonight or around there I mean that is uh we needed those points because quickly you know quickly seemed a little timid today I think yeah. he was not as aggressive as he has been, especially at the end of the season. I mean, the only and, uh, points
0: that quickly had, he had was hard at 17, but the only points that, that quickly had came on the, at the free throw line. He didn't make a single, like, actual field goal during the game.
2: Yeah, he looked a little, like, he, he got himself in a good position where, you know, he was making those runners that towards the end of the year, like, with a lot of consistency. He was right. getting in the lane, and right. he was looking kind of like passing in the air a couple times, got right. himself in trouble. Like, he just, he just seemed like a little, a, a little timid, a little... it's the first playoff game for him. So we'll see. Hopefully he bounces back because I think they are going to need production from quickly in the series. Um, But yeah, it was a great game to watch. It was exciting. They almost coughed it up at the end. I was losing my mind to the (laughs) back-to-back turnover.
0: I know. I was just going around the George Washington Bridge. I was like, oh my God, this is going to turn out. This is going to be either really good or really bad tonight. Come on.
2: Yeah. But then Brunson was clutch at the end. And uh, just our bigs played really good today. They both, i I like the combination I like the way tips kind of uh, splits up the minutes with yep. Robinson and hartenstein and yep
9: they,
2: they both contributed big time and they were both hustling all over the glass keeping balls alive um and you know they matched their bigs who were pretty good they really did a nice job on Mobley. and uh, you know Robinson really he's he's a handful on the offensive glass He really is I know he's but,
0: my I just that's why I love him he's my favorite Nick and, and that is why because I just yeah. love the the grit that he plays with.
2: Yeah, I think that this playoff team, you know, this team, you know, I listen. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to. If they get past this round, they go up to Milwaukee. That's a tall order. But this team is going in the right direction. And I thought, oh, you know, they're missing that. They're missing that star. I know Randall's really great. And he's an all-star. And, but I think I really think Brunson yeah. could be a guy. Yeah. I mean, I think he could be a guy that can put the team on his back like he did in the second half of this game. I mean, let's face it, if Brunson didn't have three quick fouls in the first half, he probably goes for 30, 35 tonight.
0: I mean, he had I 27, mean, so five, yeah. that's that's easy. That's easy money.
2: Right. So, I mean, I really, really, it's the way Brunson, he just knows how to get a shot. He knows how to get a shot. He's very crafty. He knows how to where the spots he needs to get to on the floor and he can get there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, I really think they're a dangerous team. I I I don't think if I'm a, you know, like, I want to focus on the finishing out the Cats, but <laughs> if, I'm a if, if I'm a Milwaukee fan, I wouldn't want to play the Knicks. Yeah. It's just like, they're gritty, they, they have a deep bench, they got guys that are energetic coming off the bench, and yeah, they're just, uh, they're fun teams. So I'm enjoying the every every game in the playoffs, it's, yeah. uh, so I haven't been there in a while, and I haven't had much expectation in a while,
11: so it's, right. it's fun.
0: Yeah, you got it, Mike. And, and, and the expectation for me, as I said it last week, Knicks are going to win this series. I said Knicks in six. Let's go to uh, Mark and Dumont. Hey, Mark.
2: Hey, Danielle. How are you?
0: Good. How are you? I'm tired,
2: but hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're tired as well.
11: Yeah. But uh, it was all worth to it. Call.
2: Just wanted to call and say, again, thank you for um, – Attending our opening day ceremonies, it was one of the larger ceremonies that we've had. We had a tremendous number of kids together with the high school kids, and mm-hmm. it was just a great day. I mean, it, 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 as you know, it takes a while to put these things together. You know, the police department, the DPW, the fire department, et cetera, but it went off without a hitch. We had beautiful weather. Your speech was great. <laughs> nice. The kids loved the Garrett Cole thing. And to compliment you and uh, for the listeners out there, and Young was asked to throw out the ceremonial first pitch, <laughs> baseball wise and yeah. football wise. She threw one overhand, one underhand, and threw strikes on both no, of them. No, they
0: us. were not. You're being lenient. They were not strikes. <laughs> they were not, especially the baseball one. That, that was. I should have stood back farther. I should have did it from the rubber.
2: But again, uh, you know, we it was the second year in a row that you did it, and you're always welcome back. You know, seeing somebody local come back and talk to the kids and give them words of wisdom and give the parents words of wisdom. It was just a, it was a success uh, the last two years in a row. So again, you know, we thank you for what you did for us.
0: Thank you. I don't know if I could make it three in a row here. I don't know. I don't know who I got to have to talk to, to Babe Ruth or something next time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, Well, thank you. It was, it was fun. It was a pleasure to do it. Appreciate it.
2: Great. Enjoy the rest of the
0: night. All right. Thanks there, Mark. Thanks, Danielle. Bye bye. All right, good night. Yeah, Mark was up way early out there setting that field up. Oh, that was nice. That was nice. It was fun. My pleasure. Yes, but those were they were not strikes. He was being he was being nice. One of my friends, well, oh, I used one of the cops in town and he, he uh he used to work for me. I was his boss at Dumont Summer Rec, and uh he came up to me afterwards. He was like, you know, those 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 weren't strikes. I'm like, I oh, shut up.
9: <laughs>
0: I just shut up. They were close enough. I did throw a strike at the at the uh, Rockland Boulders, or the New York Boulders now. I did throw a strike there. That was from the rubber. <laughs> All right, so we got Nelson Figueroa coming up right next here on the fan. I, I know I, I've got you calls here. Um, if you could just hang through it, I would appreciate that. Uh, Nelson Figueroa uh, coming up next, and um, I'll probably get to your calls. If you're hanging there, probably about uh, 1140 would be my best guess. So if you want to call back, that's great. If not, hang there and listen to the interview. Enjoy the interview, and I'll get back to you right after that. Coming up next here on the fan nelson figueroa welcome back to wfan my name is danielle mccarton and call right now here on the hotline we've got nelson figueroa former major league baseball pitcher who spent some time with the mets now the co-host of the new york Post's amazing but true podcast nelson we've finally connected thanks for joining me tonight
12: you got it, Danielle. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you want to talk about the Knicks? Is that what you want to call and talk, talk about?
12: <laughs> <laughs> the Knicks, the Mets, everything in blue and orange. Why not?
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, my first question here is, um, you know, you, you played for Buck Showalter. And mm-hmm. what is his mentality of not bringing up any of these kids, Beatty, Vientos, and or Mauricio?
12: Well, uh, he's a little bit old school still with that and I think it's it's really a combination of you want to see these kids, it's great to see them have success in the minor league levels, but to overreact and just throw them in the, you know, into the major league and expect them to continue to do what they're doing. Like for Beatty, I get it. I understand it. He understands it. The pressure, especially with Escobar batting around 100, um, you know, it's immense for Beatty to be the answer. Uh, it's a long season. It's a very long season. And you want to see this kid not just start out the season hot, but go through some struggles, go through some adversity. You don't want that adversity and those struggles, look at Alvarez, to happen at the major major league level because then you feel like oh well the kid's exposed he's not ready and then it's a real uh it destroys the kid's confidence it really does um and when i was coming up uh, buck show sat down with me and said usually we want our pitchers to have over 500 innings of experience at the minor league level this way we can see you in every situation the ups the downs you know when you're pitching well when you're struggling how you get out of that you know putting in the work in between, all those different things. So he's a little bit old school with that. I'm sure, you know, management and the front office is is clamoring to bring up a Beatty who is swinging a hot stick, especially when the bottom of the lineup is, you know, really underperforming or bottom. Or who's kidding? Uh, from, I think, hitter number five on, you know, batting below 200. So uh, I, I think with Buck Showalter, he's just, he realizes that it's a, a long season. They're still winning ballgames. Um, so there's no need to panic right now and just look for a quick fix.
0: I mean, what could the justification for keeping Eduardo Escobar, never mind in the lineup, on the roster? I mean, really, really bad. What's that justification? He's He's a veteran? Uh, 10 year career.
12: Yeah. Uh, uh, over the longevity of a 10 year career and how he's performed uh, down the stretch, they don't have a chance to make the playoffs if he didn't have a September to remember. Um, so I, I think it's too soon. Again, you're talking two weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. You give up on somebody this early and are they that equipped? Do they have that much depth to just go ahead and get rid of a, a veteran player mm-hmm. who, you know, they are paying $10 million to. Don't get me wrong. Steve Cohen has, you know, that kind of money to just buy six chicken McNuggets and throw three out the window, but yeah. <laughs> We don't exactly want uh, Escobar to just take his walking papers. He's struggling mightily, and he's feeling the same pressure as well. He sees Beatty tearing it up at AAA, and he's reading everything in the internet, and he's you know waking up in the morning and realizing he's not doing himself any favors. But you know, it takes maybe a game or two to kind of snap out of it and, and right the ship. And it's still you know we're at the second week of April, and there's no need to panic as of yet. When we get to May, and he's still batting under a hundred, then I think you'll see some change.
0: But like. That's it? That's what these players have to hope for in, or- in order to make this Major League roster?
12: Well, Listen, this is a Major League roster that is expected to win um, the division and go deep into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're not going to do that in April. Uh, there's no ticker tape parades in April. Um, yes, you want to win every game, and they're still finding ways to win ball games. Case in point today, you're looking at Carlos Carrasco, I'm sure if it wasn't for you know two of the Mets starters who are supposed to be helping out, insurers are being pushed back, and you know, you would be yelling about, hey, gotta get rid of Carrasco as well. But Tony give up two runs, and battle through, you know, not having his best stuff, not having pinpoint accuracy and control, only giving up two runs, kept the Mets in the ball game and they wind up winning 3-2. So, um, there, there's, there's those kinds of games that, you know, help. To to build chemistry within a team and a winning team, so that's the whole. You know, is it chemistry or is it winning? Which is it the, that comes first? Well, these guys have been through it last year. They lost together, and Carrasco is still going to be a part of that pitching uh, that pitching staff for the foreseeable future until something else changes. And nothing I think is on the horizon because after having Miguel in there and, Pe- and Peterson in there, there's not much at the minor league level, upper minor league levels that's really going to be helping these guys out.
0: Bringing up a, a prospect early, I mean, in early spring, whenever that may be. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. Doesn't that, to me, that doesn't that equal an advantage? Because there's more cushion, there's more leeway. Instead of bringing him up late, like they did to the Alvarez last year, brought him up late. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's got to yep, be an yep. advantage. Yeah, there, there's there's
12: always pros and cons to, to all of those different things, but mm-hmm. it's the same thing, right? You bring, like I said, you bring him up and he struggles, he gets overmatched, like the way Alvarez is looking right now. And now you're saying, wow, this kid's not ready for the big leagues. Now he's sitting there every night thinking, man, maybe I'm not ready for the big leagues. Nothing's changed. It's the same game down in Triple A. Guys still throw 100 miles an hour in Triple A. Guys still throw nasty sliders, and he's found a way to have success down there. So that's not gonna that's not gonna help him going down there. And you know, you're gonna get guys who take advantage of weaknesses and and expand strike zones a little bit better you know it's not easy to face Josh Hader in the ninth inning when uh, you know he's struggling but he's done it time and time again with that rising fastball so you want to see him get you know his his feet wet and maybe get a few games in a row because he's you know doing it once every five games Which is not really easy. difficult yep. yeah it's not easy so there's a there's a multitude of, of ways to to handle this whole thing and it's good to have these prospects that are on the cusp um you know even a mark vientos who is a more accomplished hitter who has done yep. it for more years you know you're looking for a right-handed bat off the bench you know he's a he's an option as well so i think um You know, it's a good problem to have, and at the same time, you're still playing winning baseball. So if it was anything else where you were struggling mightily, it's like, okay, it's time to move on from some of these other guys. The Darren Ruff thing was, you know, inevitable. Uh, and of course he goes and hits a double and a sure. home run in his first game in, in a Giants uniform. That's just par for the course. But I think when you're looking for, um, you know, answers to help this offense, uh, they, they're not hitting all at the same time. Thank goodness. Pete Alonzo is doing what he's doing. Lindor is only batting 245, but you know, he's got 15 RBIs. So he's got some clutch hitting right. um, going on for Lindor. Uh, so th- these guys are not, uh, they're not perfect. They're not playing uh, perfect baseball, but they are still finding ways to win.
0: And we're talking about the uh, former Met Nelson Figueroa here on the fan. Um, so, the word or the phrase "service time manipulation" doesn't cross your mind in regards to these guys.
12: No, because service time manipulation has to do mainly with um, controlling the cost of a player. Right. Um, that's that's not a thing for the uh, the new ownership group. Um, if a guy you is would, deserving,
0: you would think, yeah, that they've got you patches would. on their sleeves, though, and the Yankees don't.
9: <laughs> I mean, yeah.
12: The, the the patches are paying for the uh, extra parking, um, which in <laughs> itself pays for the patches. You know what I mean? It goes it goes full circle. So I, I don't think that's really uh, Steve Cohen saving in any way with that. I, I really feel that um, if these guys are, are their clock is ready to start, and it, it started with uh, you know with Alonzo when at the end of the season he had thirty eight home runs or something like that in the minor leagues, and they didn't want to bring him up, and it was because he had already had over five hundred at bats. So he probably was wearing a little thin as it was, and yes, it would have been exciting to have him up but what if he gets blown away by major league pitchers mm-hmm. uh, you know down, down the stretch in september and he gets exposed to whatever weaknesses he has because every hitter has a weakness you wouldn't want that for him starting out his career the next year but he mm-hmm. won the job in spring training and they gave him the opportunity as one of the one of the few things that brody van wagen did well mm-hmm. um uh, was able to give alonzo that that start um to his career and right. you know put him over Dominic Smith. And now you look at it the same way. I don't think there's any roster manipulation or or time manipulation because if the guy is good enough, you're going to pay him what he's worth.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point there. Um, what do you think the biggest strength of this team is at this moment in time?
12: Um, Buckshell Walter. Um, I think if there's any other manager at the helm, there's a lot of reasons to panic with the lack of offense. You know, like I said, in the bottom uh, you know, basically the bottom five guys in the order um, by batting a combined, I think it's like 190, something like that. Um, you look at even the home run power. Uh, Alonzo has seven and the rest of the team has, I believe, six. Uh, so yep. you're uh, or, or they're matching with seven. So it's very close either way. That's that's a concern, of course. Um, the Mark Marcana is in. Uh, hitting the way that he was last year, the consistency that he had. I think, you know, some guys are pressing a little bit, uh, a little bit too soon, and they're expecting more of themselves. But when you have uh, a leader like Buck Showalter who You know, he lets these guys know there's no panic coming from Buck Schultz. He's not yelling and raving. What I do like a little bit about Buck is that he is putting, uh, I think a little bit more of the onus, like on an Alvarez, you know, hey, listen, you're top prospect for a reason, but you have to show it at the big league level. It's not just going to be handed to you. So having Tomas Nito catching still and, and as the lead dog and not just handing it over to Alvarez and you know letting him get a little bit of more acclimated and and kind of earn the job while he's there cuz you would think naturally a guy with Novaez being out um 8 to 9 weeks you would think oh well this is Alvarez's time to shine and it would be if he hit the ground running and he bat you know at two hits a game and was a, a more complete product behind the plate being able to throw runners out we saw stolen bases again today um th- that's one of the things that i think i really uh respect about buck is that he's able to weather the storm and keep it light still in the clubhouse because he knows it is april baseball and and there's a lot more games to be played a lot more games to be won once you get back some of the you know key components like a verlander um you know you start hopefully being able to take it up a notch
0: Former Major League pitcher Nelson Figueroa joins us on the fan. Verlander, just a quick question here. Do you think, big pitcher-wise, is it a good thing that he's not pitching yet, given his age?
12: Um, I think just given the circumstance of not pushing it too soon. Right. Um, and, again, that comes from within of uh, the ownership group and Buck Walters saying, you know what, he's saying to us he could pitch through this, but we don't need him to. It's not it's not dire for him to be out there right now. We'd rather him get as healthy as possible and get out there and feel like he's 100%, not close to 100%, not almost. You don't want to put that um, so soon on him. I think, you know, we've seen over the years the way that the Mets deal with injuries or, you know, trying to bring guys back maybe a little too soon. Um, there was, you know, so much pressure for a lot of these guys to be out there. Matt Harvey comes to mind whenever it was, you know, he be coming back from an injury and in spring training was, great throwing 99 miles an hour mm-hmm. verlander was doing the same thing but you know something just wasn't right and so why force the issue now you know take a little bit of time in the beginning and hopefully not have to even you know look back at it ever again and being that it's you know verlander has probably dealt with something like this before in his career and gotten over the hump with this um you know you have that level of experience from a 3 times so young winner uh
0: speaking of um i i looked up some statistics about this ghost fork ball the batting average against is 0.48 it's got a 57 percent whiff rate how and why is this ghost fork ball so effective
12: um because it's so different uh we've seen split fingers before Mm -hmm. and with a split fingered fastball there's rotation so you see spin and the really good ones kind of spin very quickly. They look like they're going to be a fastball and they kind of die out at the plate and they're just thrown. uh, And it's a pitch that kind of not a lot of people are, are still throwing. Everybody's gone to the cutters, you know, mid-90s cutters right. and sliders. Um, so it's it's a very different pitch. The action on it is very different. It's basically a hard knuckleball. Um, so it's like R.A. Dickey, but mm-hmm. the guy also throws 97 miles an hour. So he's able to set that up with tunneling, which means he's throwing a high fastball, and they see the ball elevated in the strike zone, and then when he releases that goes for- forkball with the same arm action of a fastball, yet it's coming out between the fingers and just lack Lacking spin, lacking rotation, and the unpredictability of what it's going to do next. The only thing we do know because of gravity, it's going down, and it's going down fast. And so that dropping action is what they're, they're swinging at a ball where they think where the ball is going to be, and the ball doesn't wind up staying there. And that's what's leading to the low batting average and the high strikeout rate.
0: That's um, It sounds like wiffle ball to me, backyard ball. Oh,
12: yeah, ball. <laughs> a- absolutely. And, that, and that's literally what it's like for yeah. a lot of these major league hitters because, again, you're seeing a guy who can throw 97, 98 miles an hour. He's moving his body the same exact way. His arm action is 97, 98, and the ball comes out 83 miles an hour with no spin and just it's there and then it's not.
0: It's like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Nelson Figueroa with us on the fan. Um, I did a little math here. The bottom third of the Mets order, just the bottom third, Mm-hmm. hitting collectively 177, one home run, 14 RBI um, on the season. No, no matter which guys were in there, the bottom third, right. just, I went through every lineup, everything. So if you put your pitcher's cap on, you know, back on, mm-hmm. uh, how does the the failure to acquire a big bat, uh, whether it be in the offseason or whatever, but affect the strategy of like the opposing pitchers to pitch against this team?
12: Well, you would think if you can get through the first six guys, then you know seven, eight, and nine, and that's how it's kind of always been. You know, that's as a starting pitcher, say or that my strategy is to not let the middle of the order, the, the three, four, five guys, do the damage because I let the seven, eight, nine guys on. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Where if I can keep those guys off of base, and they're doing a great job of keeping themselves off of base, right? <laughs> so, don't you don't wake a sleep. What's the old adage? Don't wake a sleeping dog. That's what you're trying to do with those guys. You can. Continue to pitch them maybe up and away in big ballparks like Oakland Coliseum and let them hit lazy fly balls to right center field. Do it in less than three pitches. And now you've saved those big pitches for those bigger guys in the middle and try not to make mistakes to them. So I think as as a starting pitcher, that's what you're really focusing on is just keeping them off base. Don't hurt yourself kind of like what Oakland did the other night with 17 walks. Yeah, those guys were on base. So that when Lindor came up, Nimmo came up, and those guys at the top of the lineup, they were able to drive those guys in because they're not normally on base. Um, I think that's a, a huge key um, is how can you, who can you pitch to and who shouldn't you pitch to. Obviously, Alonso, you're trying to avoid. Um, letting him do any big-time damage. Um, But Lindor, again, is a hot bat, especially batting right-handed against these lefties. I don't know why they keep trying to throw high fastballs with two strikes against him. He just turns them around, hits them into the corner for doubles and more. Um, And, uh, you know, that's the, the strategy with the Mets is always, you got those guys at the top of the lineup. You got those guys at the top of the lineup, especially you know Nimmo and Marte to get on there, and they have their speed, and you're wanting to take advantage of that by then having those next few guys. So the bottom of the order, you have to just keep them off base and uh, try to get most of your outs, uh, make those outs automatic outs.
0: As uh, a former pitcher, the pitch clock, um, what does that do to a pitcher's stamina, especially like not so much now, but when it gets real hot in July, real hot in August?
12: Oh, it, it's going to be interesting because you're seeing the effects of it already. The walk rate is astronomical right now. It's way higher than it was last year, and I just think it's going to get worse because as you start to sweat a little bit more, as you can't go back to the rosin bag nearly as much, mm-hmm. uh, as you can't you know, take a little bit of a breather and reset yourself, um, you're going to see a lot more guys rushing through their mechanics just to deliver a pitch because you know their clock is going 3 two, one and you got to get rid of it before you get – a balk call, a, a called on you. Whatever they're doing with it now, it's um, it's noticeable. It's very tangible right now. When you watch pitchers, you see some of them working at a pace that they're not used to, right. um, mm-hmm. and and the effects of that are you're going to see more hit batters. You're going to see more walks than ever before. And you know, to me, the the I say the quality of the pitches are going to go down. Um, and you know, I know they want more offense. Uh, they want quicker games, but you're looking at the quality of the product on the field. So um, we'll see what what it leads to because I think when they start getting, you know, sweatier games and hotter games, yeah. you're going to start seeing these guys needing time to pause and you're going to see pitching coaches going out there to give them a breather. Um, so the, the, you'll see more uh, of those of how many uh, mound visits are left um, getting closer to zero uh, than we've ever seen before as well.
0: Nelson Figueroa, now the co-host of the New York Post's Amazing But True podcast, joins us now. Um, Speaking of going to the rosin, we were texting a little bit before. I know it's not Mets-related, but uh, should Domingo, your thoughts on Domingo Herman, should he have been allowed to go in and pitch after being stopped twice to wash his hands?
12: (laughs) So the problem with rosin and washing your hands is it makes it stickier. Oh. Oh. The the wetter you make your hands, and it doesn't come off with just soap and water. Um, it takes a lot more than that to take it off. So if you just use soap and water, there's going to be a tackiness to your hand when, no matter how much you wash it. Um, that, that's one of the things yeah. with using ro- using rosin isn't always. Um, it, I. Didn't like using a lot of rosin early in my career because I threw a fork ball, so the ball wouldn't slide through my fingers as much. I wanted it for like my breaking pitches, but um, I didn't really need it much on my fastballs. I used the seams kind of for grip. Um, But you can see these pitchers now, um, you know, they're not able to, you know, it's not that they're using this or they need the sticky stuff, but you do need some element of tackiness to the baseball. And as you sweat more, and they tell you to now wash with soap and water, and then you go and you grab the rosin bag again. It's going to be a, a, a much stickier situation than it was before. And so it, it cakes up. So it looks a little suspicious. And I think that's what B- Baldelli was yelling about. The umpires were checking it. Mm-hmm. They're touching it. And to them, it's just sticky. I mean, they're not, they can't analyze it or taste it uh, to see exactly what it is. But uh, yeah, they they try. I mean, they, they did the best that they could. They tried to get him to wash it off because yes, he was having a career day, and if you're ball belly, you're doing anything to try and throw him off his game. Right. Um, but I, I think they did the right thing. And they handled it the right way. They gave him an opportunity to wash off his hand. Um, clean off his hand because it wasn't a foreign substance, an illegal substance. Right. Rosin is not illegal. So right. I think that's where Baldelli's argument kind of felt on deaf ears. But I think at that point, Baldelli was really just trying to uh, do something to spark his team yep. and figured that this is probably the only way was going to rattle her mom.
0: Yep, that's exactly what I think, too. Alright, so we got Nelson Figueroa with us, and he said, uh, well, you said on your Twitter bio, it says, big news coming soon. And it would be irresponsible of me, uh, Nelson, to not ask you, what's the news?
12: <laughs> the news is is that I had to step down from, um, I was going to be the pitching coach with the Long Island Ducks, oh. which uh, would put me alongside Wally Backman, which mm-hmm. for uh, of course a kid who grew up loving the 86 Mets would be like a childhood dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, was working with him diligently in the offseason trying to acquire talent and you know get ready for their spring training actually starts tomorrow. Um, I was excited about it. And then I have an opportunity coming up here very shortly. Um, it's not finalized yet, or else we could be breaking news. It's (laughs) not finalized as of yet, but I will be, you'll be seeing my face on television here in the New York area very soon.
9: All
0: right. Well, that's, that's a great little teaser. I'm going to stay tuned. (laughs) Thank you. All right, Nelson. Thanks so much for taking the time out for joining us tonight. I appreciate it.
12: I appreciate it, Danielle. Take care. All
0: right. Bye. That was uh, Nelson Figueroa lots to dissect there lots he said they handled it the right way i agree he basically said that that's that was uh, baldelli's way to try and stop the the momentum i i said that before i i also agree um yeah just some good stuff about you know about the what's going to happen to these pitchers in the hot weather and some interesting nuggets about alvarez i did get a tweet asking about alvarez so we will we will talk about that uh, my name is Daniel McCartan and I've got three calls on hold. So you stay right there. I'll be right back. 877-337-6666. Welcome back to the fan, My name is Daniel McCartan. That was just Nelson Figueroa. He did Connor and I were just talking about how awesome he was and but very what, you know, in-depth and a lot of the answers there and uh very explanatory and real just really good. Really good. So we'll have Nelson Figueroa on again very soon. I wanted to get to the callers that were waiting here and what a perfect little segue. We've got AJ in Port Jeff He wants to talk about the Mets. Go ahead, AJ. Hey, Danielle, thanks for taking my call. Hey, thanks for hanging through that interview.
2: Oh, that was a great interview. I, uh, I'm a big fan of Nelly ever since, you know, when he, back to when he was a player with the Mets and then when he was on uh, Sny, He really speaks so elegantly about the game of baseball. It's, he's a great listener. Yep. Um, I, I called you last week, and I'm going to continue to call up and talk about it because until they make a move because... The, the frustrating part is they're winning games despite the deficiencies at the bottom of the order. And it's comical. Um, I'm sure you see it on Twitter as well. Every t- it's like every time during a Met game, during a commercial, I go on Twitter, <laughs> Escobar's over, is over four. And then I see 70 retweets from Met fans and Met pages of Brett Beatty and Mauricio in another home run. I know. It's just like, it's just like, it's come to such a head that
3: what, like, when is enough enough? Where you're going to see Beatty just take over? I mean, it's an easy to me. It's an easy move. You you, you want to keep Escobar around? That's
2: fine. You send out. You get. You probably have to get rid of Castro. You bring up Beatty. He plays third base every day and keep Escobar around. You, you have a role on the bench.
9: Yeah,
0: not a bad idea. Um, because Beatty can also he also has a little minimal experience as an outfielder too. So if you you know if you're looking for that flexibility there, he does have that. Yeah, that's not a he bad does, idea. And I. And I have one more thing I wanted to. Uh, I heard it from someone
2: else this morning talking at Vendingo, and I actually think it's a good idea. If Mauricio keeps just tearing the cover off the ball, Jeff McGill is, is every bit as good as a left fielder as a second baseman. You can find innings at second base for Mauricio, obviously at DH because he hits from both sides of the plate. Well, do you think the Mets would ever consider doing that if Mauricio stays at this rate as well?
0: Mm, I mean, maybe, maybe. I just I I don't love Jeff McNeil, the outfielder. I love I know and and I know he made it work and I know he excelled at it. I just love Jeff McNeil as second baseman, really. I I do too, but I love the idea of having an offense at the bottom of the order that's not a black hole. <laughs> it's
2: crazy that it's crazy that listen. Granted, it's against the Marlins, Athletics, and the Padres series is nice, but it's crazy that they're winning series like this with, I mean, it's historically
5: bad.
0: I know. It really is. They're hitting, the bottom third of that order is hitting on the season so far. No matter which guys are there, they're hitting 177. What?
5: And that's an improvement
3: off of last week. Yeah, last it week, was. It was like... Last, uh, that was, wait, um, last week... It was
0: 164. On, yeah, I think it was 164. Last,
2: you you had you had brought up the numbers. It was like 18 for 104 through the first week of the season. It's at, and it's actually up
3: a little bit. It and is. That, and they're still horrific. Yep, you're right. It's crazy, but uh, thanks for
0: taking my call, and uh, hey, let's go, next. Nixon six. Nixon six. I like that, AJ. What, you were you were definitely listening last week. Very good for you. Did your homework on that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm ready to bring the guys up. I can't watch Escobar. You see, they they're putting uh, Guillaume in there, and, and and that's fine and everything, but Guillaume's not the third baseman of the future for this team. He's just not. And and I just thought that the Oakland A's out in Oakland was going to be a very cushy spot. You know the stadium is not full if you saw it on TV, you know, and it's not, it's more of a, my friend texted me, she's like, if there's more Mets fans here than there are A's fans. I said, you're right. I think that, I thought that was a very cushy landing spot for them to be brought up, but I don't know. (laughs) I'm not making the decisions over there, but because if it was up to me, one of those three would be up, probably Beatty because he's ripping the cover off the ball. Let's go to Shamark in Buffalo. You're up next here on The Fan. Hey, Daniel. Actually, I'm en route to Buffalo. Just left
4: Cleveland. Haven't been in a game in 25 years. This was an electric atmosphere. My wife and I went had an amazing time. I Listen, I think the Mitchell won this series in six. I think they got the depth. Um, I love the bench. Hart had a great team today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the bench didn't play particularly well. And mind you, quickly, didn't have a great game. You know, um, top, it didn't really make a presence. No, but Hart really pushed the team over the top. Yep. But one of the things I want to mention is RJ Barrett, this team is gonna go as far and I'm not talking about this year, I mean just in general. The future of this team rests on RJ Barrett. We know we're getting from Brunson, we know we're getting from Randall. And RJ Barrett is just not a consistent shooter. He's not consistent enough. He's either seized the famine and I, I just don't know if he's the guy and being a third pick in the draft, all the other guys that are in the top of the draft, the top three, make a serious presence on their team. And uh, you go you go down to NBA, every team has a guy, they got a top three guy. He's the future, and I just don't know if R.J. is the guy. I know they, they is the best guy available. They just missed out on John John Rand by one pick, but I just don't think the Knicks can go as far as they want to go for the, as far as the future unless R.J. takes that next up. And I he's what is it his third or fourth year? I just I just don't see it. And I, you know, and today was just another example. He would just he shot he shot horrible, and that's the biggest problem. He's not really a great shooter, and you have to be able to shoot a mid range shot or at least shoot from a three in today's game. And he just. Not that guy. And he's I, I'm not
0: so, sure He's just so wildly inconsistent is what
9: he yes. is.
4: Yeah, exactly. Wildly inconsistent. And I'm glad the Knicks didn't give up all the assets and all those picks to Danny Age who's trying to fleece them for out of the mission. I definitely don't regret that, That not making that move. I, I think it was a smart move. But, RJ, again, this is the future of this team. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a great series. I think the Knicks are going to win a six. You know, it's definitely a pleasure speaking to you, but I'm I'm uh, I'm really hoping this guy turns it around by next year or at least by this playoff series.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. And, and you were <laughs> at the game. How, about how, percentage-wise, how many Knicks fans were there?
4: Uh, I, not as many as I thought. I would say maybe about 10%. There was a good amount of fans there, but it wasn't as many as I thought. Yeah. Uh, but it was, I mean, it was an electric atmosphere. But the, the fans were very friendly. I, I didn't know... If I was going to be like in a Philly kind of yeah, thing. in a Philly situation, well, I don't think any compares to Philly. But I had, my, <laughs> ironically, I had my R.J. Barrejo. I was going to win by Patrick Ewing, and say, well, we wear one of the present But it was very fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, in the atmosphere was electric. It was a full stadium. I mean, it was a lot of fun. And you know, I, I just had a great time there. And and even walking out, some guys kind of give me the biz. Oh, it was last time the Knicks won to play a series, or one of a game on the road? Well, it was, well, tonight. <laughs>
9: yeah, good. All right. Well, I'm glad you're a part of history. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Great right. It was great,
0: great speaking to you. Yeah, thanks for checking in on the Uh-oh. way back from the Knicks game. Thanks, Shamark. I appreciate that. All right, we've got to take a quick break here. We've got a Dexter Henry update, and I'll be back with you at the top of the 12 a.m. hour here in New York City. <laughs> Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Daniel McCartney. It is now, the clock is ticked to midnight. And it is uh, it is now Sunday the 16th, which means it's hockey. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, what? I just love working with with Dexter Henry. Dexter, you're awesome, man. <laughs> um, anyway, so you know, I, I another thing we were talking about was uh, just how Derek Jeter is going to be around. He teased this past summer that he's going to be around more often, and. You know, whatever, something like that, a lot more often. And it was hold, the whole to-do during the, the Super Bowl pregame show. He was brought out. He was on stage. hand, Rodriguez. And the announcement was that well, he's going to be joining Fox Sports' MLB coverage. And I couldn't find uh, for how much money. I'm sure that's going to be out soon. But on the stage, A-Rod said, I never thought in my wildest dreams would be re- we'd be reunited. But here we are. Uh, and, you know, there's so much to like about Hall of Famer Derek Jeter. He's good at everything he does. He's no-doubt baseball mind. He's got the right look for a TV analyst. And he's got experiences to draw from as a player and as an owner. So that's pretty cool, right? Et cetera, et cetera. I'm uh, just a little concerned about how he's going to do in the role. Um, and he's a guy who, for, for the duration of his entire career, even now, quite frankly, he has used, you know, a lot of words to never really say anything. So... I don't know, I'd imagine they use him in more of a, a game analysis, you know, what would you have done there, Derek, kind of role, because I can't imagine him in, like, my mind's eye offering any type of criticism onto any player or any manager or any team, and especially the Yankees. And, um, you know, I'm sure that question came up in the interview process, right? I mean, had to have, I just feel like A-Rod and, and, and David Ortiz will have no problem picking up the criticism slack, I guess, right? Um, I think they picked up on that because we we now know that Derek Jeter will only be working two times during the regular season, the London series in June and the All Star Game in July. Then he'll be working a postseason, you know, so in October. So you know I was really excited for the news, but now it's kinda like, I don't know, disappointing, I guess. I thought he was gonna be around a lot more often, like go into the press box at the stadium and see him there. But eh. Yankees just gonna have to get to the postseason to do so. Are we having? We are in the in the midst. I'm watching the changing of the guard occur here behind the glass. I've got Connor Green on his way out. Uh, Connor, awesome job tonight, thank you. Um, and we've got Manny Rodriguez coming in. Manny, this is the first time we've met. He's got his Knicks jersey on. RJ Barrett, he's fired up. Is it the first time we met? Yeah, I think so.
12: Oh, I apologize. I would have introduced myself. No, okay. I thought I thought we we had met before.
0: I don't think so. Did we? Did I did I not remember? Is this my fault? Perhaps. I don't know. I. Per, it, Oh no! I'm sorry if it. If I'm Manny. Have. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh man! So uh, speaking of the Knicks, we, you know we've had a uh, we watched the Knicks pretty much out game plan the Cavaliers and out execute that game plan against the Cavaliers, and it, it was exciting basketball. Let me tell you. And you know they dismantled the Cavaliers' defense mostly by getting out in transition. You can't you know be beaten by a defense that doesn't get set up. So, good for them in in figuring that out and executing the game plan. Uh, you'd like to see more from RJ Barrett. You'd like to see more from Emmanuel quickly, but you know it's it, it was good. Otherwise, I mean, it was good enough to win. Otherwise, other guys stepped up. Heart and Shine stepped up, and 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 um Hart, especially Brunson in the second half. And, and you know what? That's what happens. Maybe RJ has a has a bounce back game in the next game or. You know, maybe quickly comes off and goes off. I mean, who knows? We'll see. But for right now, Knicks are up 1-0. The Nets, I hate to say it, the Nets look completely and utterly overmatched. Really bad. Like, they didn't have a bad game, like statistically. Just the 76ers are that much better. So I just, I said it last week and I'll say it again, I just I just hope they don't get swept. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. We go to Ben. In Queens. You're up next here on The Fan here, Ben. Thanks.
2: First time in a long time, like I could say Welcome to Coach After Midnight. Oh, McCartney yeah.
0: After Midnight. Forgot. We've entered into that territory. You're right.
2: Firstly, before we begin, a hearty rest in peace and thank you to Rick Wolf.
0: Oh, yes. A
2: lot of folks out there, mostly night owls, won't know, but me, as an ex, Coach, a Little League and stuff like that. The Sports Edge was must listen, must listen. Mm-hmm. Every every Sunday morning was a must listen to Sports Edge because he was hitting topics in the late nineties, early two thousands mm-hmm. that we're getting to right now, really, and we're wondering how to deal with. So, Rick Fox, his family, friends, and fans, condolences, and thank you very much. Your yeah. Nelson Figueroa interview. Yes. Yo, it reminded me of Cameron Maiden. And um, it re- reignited my hatred for the Yes Network for let Cameron Maiden go.
0: Oh, Ben, I didn't love him. I-, I didn't love him. He needed a lot more seasoning before he was thrown into that role. I,
2: I will just say this. It was a different tone
0: than
2: yeah. what I get from the Yes Network. Yeah, a little he- different
13: perspective. He- he was truthful
14: to a
2: point. He we, we didn't hold his tongue. And just like what Nelson said about the rising incident that happened today, he said, let me be frank. Let me just tell you it straight up. Here it is on the table. No, no moseying around the subject.
13: So, mm-hmm. so I hope Cameron,
2: I get to see him later again. You know, but, uh, again. I can understand how some old-time or long-time fans won't be getting used to that, but for me, it was a breath of fresh air. But on that point of long-time having to get used to it, Yankee fans, we got to stop doing this with kids. Let Volpe just play. Right. Let him play. <laughs> the discourse I was hearing you had to go through on Twitter about this. Yep. And... Unfortunately, some other fan hosts, like, guys, just just let the kid play. Damn,
9: what are you
0: are jumping not... on him for? Are you, are you trying to run him out of town? I mean, come on. Boy, there's nothing
2: that you will do with him now except let him play that's going to guarantee you anything in October, November. Right.
0: I had people yeah. send him down. They're ruining his career. Are you happy that you were helping ruin it? Come on. ruining his career.
14: Go ahead. Just, just
0: relax.
2: But, as I say, both of those things, going back to the Rosin incident, if I was bald deadly, I've gotten thrown out, too. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. If you I think warn- that's fair. If you warn him, all right, and you find it again, hey, that's right out. No explanation. I warned you. To, yeah, you but,
0: but Ben, it's not illegal. It's not an illegal substance.
2: I know. I know. That, that's,
0: that's the thing. But the uh, thing I'll say,
2: and again, I'm a Yankee fan. I have I could be just rose-colored glasses on this, but I- I'll say if the umpire warns you about it and then you get caught a little bit later after he warns you, I'll just say this umpire was very liberal. <laughs> because most umpires I know wouldn't have done this. and And I think... Uh, if I was the
0: opposing coach, like Bo Daly, I would have lost it too. But- I, and I would have too, because I, I, listen, you're getting perfect gamed against you, right? And and all yeah. that. But and it wasn't him that called it out; it was the umpires that called it out. But when you go to the memo, they're instructed on like on three different things that I dissected before. Like it was on the, the the remainder was on his pinky. There's nothing in the memo that says that you get you know the pinky's allowed. It, it's not an illegal substance. It's rosin. It's not anything else. It, it's just there are a lot of things that when you open up the book and look at the rules, the rules are, are, are you know, they the Yankees were definitely toying them with the gray area with that. That's absolutely for sure. But it, there wasn't anything that merited not allowing him to go back out there. There really wasn't. And, yeah. and I'm not, I'm, Ben, you know I'm not a Domingo Herman fan. You know that. I, yeah.
13: But But, like
2: I said, but – and that's third time using but, so I'll get to this clear. Um, it just like this phone call that leads on to another subject, which is tonight's next game. Yeah. Two it? things could be true with this game, too. Okay. The first thing that's true is hey, Donovan Mitchell showed you why the Knicks
13: pursued him that hard, but two, now, for all those fans who said, "Well, Brunson, I don't know how well Brunson will work with Randall," and
2: you, you can put
13: that to rest. Now. <laughs> you, you saw
2: tonight. You saw tonight why the Knicks chased after both of them,
13: and why we were lucky to
2: get Brunson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you saw that tonight. The only bad thing I saw out of this game, and somebody brought up R.J. Okay, no problem. But yo, if I see Josh Hart and Randall do that, and I know those calls frustrated me too. Yeah. But you can't be doing that because I saw them doing that when when the, the 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 Cavs made the run and got up, and I was like, don't don't give them a stupid technical now. Don't 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 add on. Yeah. I I know some of those calls were bad, and that. That number 13 for the Cavs, man, they let him play physical. I'm like, hey, if we're in New York, I hope we get that type of call. <laughs> because oh. he, he was just pushing Brunson and Hart around the court. I was like, yo, you, you ain't going to call it?
3: Okay, fine. As long as this goes both ways. Yeah,
0: that's fine. You got it out but, for Ricky Rubio, Ben. I see it. But we survived. <laughs>
3: it's going
2: to be no sleep. <laughs> There's going to be, no, all oh, the Knicks never should have been here now. It's going to be like, like Sacramento tonight. Now all the detractors, now we're in for a fight. This is going to be fun. Coach, once again, thank you for
0: the time. Yeah, thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. Have a good week. We'll talk next week. Uh, it's um, it's amazing. You know, when the Knicks are good, that's all people want to talk about here is is the Knicks. You know, and I've said it last week. I'll say it again. They are going to win this series. I mean, they're going to win this series. I said in six, I'm leaning towards, I mean, the way they played tonight, of course you'd think, you would think that the Cavaliers are going to have some sort of, I don't know, response, but how to handle them and keep, you know, I don't even know. I think, the, you know what, I think the game plan for the Cavaliers, honestly, part of it at least, is going to try to get Julius Randle all riled up. That's what I would do. If I was coaching that team, if I was playing on that Cavaliers team, that's what I would do. And I would I would try to get him off his game, possibly even teed up, sent out, or whatever. Because the Knicks, they need him. And he gets um, very worked up very quickly. And you can't do that. It, you got to keep it in check. You can't do it in a, in a playoff game like that. We'll see. But that would be my game plan. 877 uh, 337 Let's go to Jack in Manhattan. What's up there, Jack?
9: Yo, hello. You,
15: you can hear me? I can you hear, me hear me, you. All
9: right?
0: all
15: right. First time, uh, first time. Call. Um, yeah, I'd like to talk about how, like, as a Lakers fan, I don't care about the seeds. I think Stephen Curry is the best three point shooter of all time, and I'm happy that the Kings are, I, I really hope they win this series because I do not want, I know we would have played that next game anyways because we're, we're, uh, we're the seventh seed. They're the sixth seed. But, like, I just don't want them in the playoffs. Steph Curry, I don't care what seed. After what they did in the regular season, I think Steph Curry is the best three-point shooter of all time. And the Kings, to, especially to let him get that open shot, he's the last player in the NBA, maybe in the history, that you want taking that shot, that three-point shot.
5: Jack, how old are you?
15: Um. um honestly, I'm, I'm actually, like, 22. I... Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. You just have a young voice, young-sounding voice. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not the first person to think that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. No, so... Don't, I'm, I'm sorry. You said you're a Lakers fan? Yeah, I'm a Lakers so, fan. So, you know what I and- did? I, I, I put, uh, I put I think, 10 bucks on the Lakers to win the West. Isn't that crazy? Uh,
15: yeah, no, I, I, I believe it. Yeah, I, I think... I, I think, I, I personally think that the Lakers are going to win the finals. That, that would be a little biased, but I, I do mean, think they're
0: going to win the finals. <laughs> I mean, you're talking in Knicks' country. That might be a little biased there, Jack. But no, I think, because I think, cause I think um, Anthony Davis and I think that LeBron James really step it up in the playoffs. And I also happen to think that LeBron James gets a lot of friendly calls from the referees. I think he gets a lot of help. So I'm riding it. I got a $10 bet on them to win the West.
15: Yeah, I'm saying just as a ref. Yeah, you would think that you're gonna help because you know it's kind of cool. to ref these uh, players of all time. But like, it, if you were watching the Celtics game earlier this season, yeah, I'm saying the refs lose the They lose that game against the Celtics. Obviously, I'm assuming you're not a Lakers fan. You're a Knicks fan, so you're not really gonna. So you're you're not gonna know about the a random game. But it was all over ESPN, if you remember.
0: Uh, I don't remember that exact situation there, Jack, but uh, I actually was just in L.A., so I'm kind of well actually, I Actually, we almost went to the play-in game, actually, but we didn't go because I was exhausted, exhausted tired. I was up, my flight left Newark at 6.15 in the morning, so I was up at 3.30, and that game was 8 o'clock, I think, start time of California time. There was no chance. I would have fallen asleep right there in the seat. <laughs> I mean, so we thought about going. I, we did a lot of watching of the Lakers um, out there, but we didn't actually go, which was probably the best choice. 877 337 6666. Hey, Kevin and Camden's up next on the fan. What's up, Coach? How are you? Great. How are you, Kevin?
13: I'm good. I want to talk about um, first the Mets and then the Knicks. Uh, with the Mets, Alvarez, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm reading on Twitter that the kid's struggling. Yeah, he is struggling a little bit. But these fans want to demote him already, saying he's a bus, saying he's. Uh, Give the kid a little bit of break. I know,
0: I know. I mean, it, relax. It,
13: these, these... He's, got, he's got to play. The kid's got to learn. He's, he's pressing. He's nervous. I know. I'm, t- I'm telling you, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna start raking. And I, But I will say this. Beatty should be up by the time the Mets get back to New York. Beatty should be waiting for them in the airport, ready to play. Because <laughs> Escobar, Escobar can't hit. He got a double against a freaking pitcher on uh, Friday night. I mean, the guy can't hit anymore. Yeah. Keep him, keep him around for his, you know, clubhouse leadership and his veteran presence. Keep him around for that. But baby should be up by the time they get back to New York. I agree. And I, Alvarez, I, I mean, and give Alvarez a, a chance. That's my point.
0: Yeah, and, and that too. It, give mm-hmm. Give Alvarez a chance. Give Vol- Did you see Kevin? There was a play defensively that um, Alvarez made today. It was, I think, I forget the, what it was. It was in it, the in the night. Was think it the
9: it was, ninth?
0: Yeah. It was a slow yes, roller with, with the two outs. Yep. Yep. Slow roller. He 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 whips the mask off. I I think it had it with one eye on mm-hmm. it. Comes up. That's a very difficult play to make. You got to create a throwing lane from where you are to the to the first baseman. I mean, that was a very difficult play. He made it look really easy. And and there's you know people want to get on him about his defense. That's a great play.
13: I, 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 exactly. That was I was the exact same thing. The, I'm telling you, he's gonna he's gonna come out of it. And I'm telling you. The, the future is bright. They just got to be patient. That's something New York doesn't want to hear. Patience. That's the yeah. thing that they need to learn. And about the Knicks. Oh, man. There's Josh Hart Josh Hart, and Brunson. The two of them from Villanova. I don't know even one of those Villanova kids, but they can play. Yeah,
0: they can. They're they, they,
13: greedy they, guys. The defense, which I know you love. Yep. And I just, I just love Hart. He does whatever it takes to win. He was lengthy. He still stayed in the game. He had a big three. I just, the way this whole team's like... I'm I'm loving it. I'm just loving the vibe and I'm I told my dad this and I I'll say it to you I I knew you said they would win I hope you're right I just with the Cavaliers and the Knicks and the I don't know I hope you're right I hope the Knicks do win in six but I don't want to get ahead of myself but I just I love the way the team plays and Barrett. Eh.
0: Wildly inconsistent.
9: Uh, That's the best yeah, phrase.
13: I, I just, I don't think he's going to grow anymore as a player. I hate to be rude on him like that, but I just, I don't see him growing as a player. I think he's reached his peak. I just don't see him stepping his game up. And I love Barrett, but I just don't see him stepping his game up. But as far as the team, they just got to keep playing it defensively and just try to, just try to keep it not on the defense. Because I'm telling you, Cleveland has no answers for your defense. You got Hartenstein, you got Robinson. I mean, you got – I mean, the, the, the defense is stifling. And I love watching it. So I was nervous, though, when they gave up the, when it was that one-point game. I got nervous there. But, man, what I a game and what a start to the series. And i tell you right now, if they win this series, I will be celebrating like you wouldn't believe.
9: <laughs> so, <laughs> well,
0: I, you know what? I, I hope they do win so that I can see it. I do, too. And I'm telling
13: you right now, because I think it will be against Milwaukee. If we could beat Cleveland – Heck, let's just keep surprising people, because so that's why I, I I feel that special vibe. I felt that with the um with the Mets last year, just this special vibe of just surprise. It's time for New York sports to be back. So let's just keep surprising people, and let's just. See where things go. It's gonna be a wild ride, but I'm looking forward. To.
0: I know we got we have three teams in the NHL playoffs. We have all two teams mm-hmm. in the NBA playoffs. I mean, I, I think I think we're there. I, I think I, it's safe I, to say we're I, there. I,
13: I, I'm telling you right now, I would. love I'll tell you, if there's a parade for any team <laughs> in New York, I will try my best to be there because I have never been for one. Oh. I would love to be there for a New York City parade.
0: Kevin, the parades, I- I've been to one Yankee one and two Giants ones, and they are. Unreal.
13: I, I would take I would take off of work. I told, I told my mom, mom I got to go to New York. I, I will I will take off of work to
0: be there. <laughs> You're a hard worker, too. I will do too. whatever it takes. I, you know, I, I actually, I, I was just going to cut my class in college. It was a computer science class. I was just going to just yeah. not show up, but that's not me. So I actually went up to him, and I said, uh, we're, we're going to the Yankee Parade. And he was like, all right, have a great time. Here's what you need to do. I was like, oh, okay, thanks.
13: I <laughs> know oh, I didn't bring this up in the, in the screener. But Domingo Hermione, listen, it wasn't a it, it wasn't a far south because it was a rising bank. So I, I just I wasn't sure. what And Twitter was going crazy about Hermione cheating. But nah, I mean I saw it. It it didn't look like illegal to me. And I'm, I'm the Yankee. I'm, I'm loving I'm loving Volpe, loving his defense, loving the way this team is playing. I just you know, well, I just Hermann. I just like I said, he gotta be better. It gotta be a little more consistent, but. he pitched good today, so I'll give him, I'll give him that.
0: We'll see. We'll see what happens.
13: And you know, I'm not crazy about him either, but I know
0: he
13: did the best he could today. So
0: I know. All right, Kevin, thanks for calling. We'll talk next week. Yep. Sounds good. And kind of, we touched upon it a little bit, kind of a little bit, but I I would have to say, uh, I, I'm Daniel McCartney and I warned you the day he got the call to the show, I was here sitting in that chair over there. I warned you about jumping on Anthony Volpe and, you wouldn't believe, I, I kind of said it a little bit before, but you wouldn't believe the tweets that I got this week. Relax. He's going to be fine. Don't worry. 877-337-6666.
11: Let him have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com.
0: Can I get it in the morning? Welcome back. It's McCartan in the morning. McCartan after midnight here on The Fan in New York City. And can you imagine hanging on to every pitch to a 21-year-old rookie, then opening up a social media app, whichever it is of your choice, typing my name in and criticizing me for wanting him at the major league level Yankees? Let me read you this one tweet that I got from at Kate Burr, B E R. Coach McCartan, you're one of the radio people who pushed Volpe. Spelled wrong, by the way. Uh, he just wasn't ready now. This might ruin his career. What a shame. Might ruin his career? What? Are we nuts here? Look at the sample size. At the time of the tweet that I that I received from this person, Peter Alonso was on pace for a 75 home run season. The Tampa Bay Rays were on pace for a perfect 162 and zero season. I mean, the overreaction to just such a small sample size is ridiculous. And I warned you from the day he came up, that day I was right sitting right over there. Don't run this kid out of town. Let him develop. He's ready. Defensively, going into today's game, defensively, Anthony Volpe. There's only four shortstops in the league that have more defensive runs saved than him. Over his past four games, including today, he's four for 12 with two walks, whereas he was four for 31 in the previous 11. He is on the uptick. And really, honestly, I'd like to see him as the Yankees' leadoff hitter consistently. And I said it that day, too. People called me nuts. How about that leadoff home run, first of his career, followed up by a zero and zero count, immediately followed Aaron Judge. He had a home run, too, back-to-back. To back. Look at the advanced splits, and I again, I know it's a small sample size, but it's the only sample size that we have. And his easily comparable, quickly comparable offensive numbers are a lot better as a leadoff hitter versus as a number nine hitter. And again, I know it's a small sample size, but that's all we have to work with so far. And how about this? How about that base stealing? He's elite. Six for six in stolen base attempts, including today's game. And Boone said after today, he said, he's just a great base runner, incredibly instinctive runs well, he just does his homework. He's just really heady, really good at it, and he causes problems when he's on the bases. And Boone also said to forget about his age, that that is rare for a guy to be that good at base running, regardless of of MLB experience. So, to me, he just profiles as a leadoff hitter, and he said this before today's game, he said, I think it's just baseball sometimes, how it works out. I want to play wherever I'm in the lineup. Plus, DJ LeMay has been hampered with some quad tightness. And that's following last year's injuries. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe he'd benefit by being dropped in the order. Maybe that would preserve his legs a little better. I don't know. But to, to, ins- to, to in- insist that me being one of the radio people who pushed him, I'm sorry, I'm not the GM in the Yankees. I'm not the manager of the Yankees. I don't work in the analytics department. MLB Pipeline said he was ready to go in 2023. Guy had a a, a tremendous spring. He got rewarded for it. And he's got every single interview he gives, he talks about the support from his teammates. You think they're going to let him fail? Stanton, Judge especially, they're not going to let him fail. Might ruin his career. Kate Bear, you might ruin his career with all the negativity. That's what I have to say back to you. 877-337-6666. Mario Long Beach. What's up there, Mario?
14: Ciao, yeah, How are you? <laughs>
0: good, good.
14: Ben, how hey,
2: are Very good, very good. Thank you. I uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, I think you're doing a great job. Uh, right. I really like the way you broke down that, uh, you know, the rule about checking the pitcher's hands, yeah. you know, how you read it off. So yep. obviously, you did your homework on that. It was very, you know, it, I think it was very good to, so the listeners could actually understand, you know, the how specific the rule is and how really that wasn't a violation
9: yes and,
0: and and just to dissect you know it was a lot like what's going on what inning did it occur there was a lot of information coming out today so i like to like take all the information put it into a funnel and then and, and you know do it on my show that way yeah
2: exactly i wanted to talk a little bit about the Knicks. before i want to yeah. talk about the next i want to ask you how did you wind up teaching italian
0: <laughs> long story um but I always wanted to have a conversation with my grandmother in Italian. She spoke English, but I thought it would be really cool to have like, our little secret thing going on. And uh, unfortunately, she passed away young. She passed away. I was only a sophomore in high school. So I didn't really get to know much in order to, you know. She said, oh, you guys do the standard Italian. I, we speak Sicilian. And I was, All right. But we never really actually had to, you know, get a huge conversation going. So um, I don't know. I just figured what else can I do with it? And maybe I can teach kids where I am to speak with their grandparents.
2: No, yeah, that's that's neat because my uh, my mother's side was Calabria from Calabres, mm-hmm. and my father was born in Genoa. Oh,
9: okay, so, that's you know, a big difference.
2: Different dialects. Yeah, yeah, it's a big difference. Genoa is more like uh, traditional Italian, and yep. Calabres is more on the on the dialect side.
0: Yeah, the, the standard Italian comes from Florence. A Florentine dialect is considered standard. What's taught
2: exactly. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the Knicks. I think, um, you know, I'm very excited about them like you are, and I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said they're so deep that when they go to their second stringers, uh, you know, Cleveland is not even in the same class as them. Yeah. You know, maybe the starters are kind of even. Maybe Cleveland's a little bit ahead. And I'll tell you something. I'm not so sure that I wouldn't have rather have Brunson than, than Mitchell if you had to trade it to He's just as important as Mitchell. Yeah. I mean, just what he's doing, if you look at the numbers, it's, it, he's just not as explosive and uh, and off the charts, like in terms of, uh, you know, posterizing people and right. all that stuff. He's Name not, recognition. He's not explosive.
9: Yeah. And
2: his explosive the way he plays, you know, where he, you know, high jumper and all that. Brunson, you know what Brunson reminds me of, and tell, tell me what you think about this, Dan. He reminds me a little bit of Slow, he gets to his spots, you know, not, not very fast, but he gets the shot off all the time.
9: Yeah, you know,
2: yeah. He's, he's, he's really good. yeah. Uh, Mark Cuban must be kicking himself in his butt. <laughs> after this
0: one, you know. Oh, Mark Cuban. He's got, he's got his own issues over there.
2: Exactly. Thanks for taking my call. And it's a pleasure talking with you.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. He's, he's got a lot going on down there. How could you have Kyrie Irving on your team and not make the postseason, not make the playoffs? That's an, that's embarrassing. It sucks. We knew it was going to happen up here though. Didn't we? Let's go to Kevin in Coatesville. What's up there, Kevin? Hello, how are you? Great, how are you?
10: Good. I was wondering if we can talk about the Giants for a little bit, please.
0: Listen, my favorite shows are the ones that we talk about all of the teams in one show. Let's do it. What do you got for me? All
10: right. I'm hoping we can try to get Saquon Barkley back. Like, I'm hoping we try to get him to an extension and get that deal done.
0: Mm, what's the extension look like and how much?
10: The franchise tag is like $10 million. I. No, he's not, he's not
0: playing back. on that. He said he's not signing that. So what are you gonna do? I know.
10: Well, yeah, he wants more money. I don't think we could try to give him that money.
0: I don't think so either. I, I, the smart um, uh, way to go about doing this was to sign him to the franchise tag. Now that he declined it, and it's good, it's his right. Good for him. It's his right. But yeah, you know, he he already he turned down what twelve point five million. I think it was midway yeah. through the season. Yeah. Come on.
10: Well, we need him. He's our running back going forward. Yeah, but, but you know what,
0: though, Kevin? Um, you, you can draft one. Look at what the Jets did. Look at, look at what the Cowboys have done. They, they've cut bait with, what's his name? Elliot Yeah, yeah. It Elliott
10: isn't that good.
0: Well, you know what, though? My point being, the backup is just as good. So wh- yeah. what do you mean that maybe the Giants can't get someone as I love Saquon Barkley. He's a fantastic man. But the Giants are in salary cap hell. And I don't know how much yep. they can, more they can do to afford him. Yeah, or sure should, yep. or should then, do at a position that's not prime anymore.
10: Yep. And then I was wondering if we can talk a little bit about the draft too. With if, like, if you know, think if the Giants are going to get in the draft.
0: Well, if I knew that, man, I, I would be a sorceress here. But um, I, I think the Giants have I, to go playmaker round one, wide receiver.
10: I, I, I was hoping we could probably get a center in the draft because that's what we need.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, Yeah, we
10: need a center. Like, we got dozens of wide receivers. Do you, though? Hello? Do you, though? Yeah. Who? We got, oh, I'm sorry. My favorite player I like is Shepard. Shepard's my favorite player.
0: Okay. But that's one guy, though.
10: Yep, and then we got Darius Slayton back. He's good.
0: He's good. He's he, he led the league in drops at one point.
10: Yeah, I'll give you that one. But he played okay.
0: Yeah, as maybe Jonathan like a
10: then, four. Yeah, but we still have Isaiah Hodgins, though. And Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. I can't say I'm Isaiah sorry, I can't Hodgins. Say yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. And uh, those guys, you saw it last year. Those guys don't cut it.
14: Hmm.
10: Yep. I'll give you that one, yeah. They don't, yeah, we might need a wide receiver in the first round. I'm hoping we draft the right one.
0: That's Well, that's, herein lies the problem. Yes, you're right. Yeah.
10: Yes, we do need a wide receiver. We need to get a wide receiver for Daniel Jones. Yes. Really, the one that we took back in 2021 was not good.
0: 2021? Yep. Kadarius Tony. Oh, I thought he was talking about quarterback still. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Hey. And, you know, that and I warned everybody that weekend too. I was like, this guy, I question his and you go back to the tape. I, you know, people always tweet me, oh, you always say this. No, but I I did say it. I said I questioned his his commitment to the game of football. Are, do you want to be a rapper yep. or do you want to be a football player?
10: Yep. It's either one of those. Yep. And he yeah, he couldn't stay healthy, so it was time for him to go.
0: And then he's a Super Bowl champion, right? He won, right, this year?
10: Yep, I'm Just, happy that the Chiefs won though.
0: It's kind of crazy how yep. how that all went down.
10: Yep, but I'm hoping the Giants do well this year. I'm hoping we fix the offensive line, I'm hoping we try to bring Barkley back, and I'm hoping we try to score more than 30 points because that's what we need to do. is score more than 30 points.
0: Yes. And, and and yes, Kevin, you're right. But you you have to have you know protection up front and it, it, and a wide receiver, and it doesn't matter how many points you put up in a game. If the other team puts up thirty-one, it doesn't matter. The Giants need, Giants have a lot of holes. And of course, did you see uh, Micah Parsons weighing in on the whole thing? Like, shut up! Like, just shut up! Like, you, someone take that guy's Twitter away. He said, "I mean, yeah, that's what happens when you the best players on the team. You idiot this is on Twitter. The scheme on Monday morning is we is." There's no punctuation in this. The scheme on Monday morning is we will not let Saquon Barkley beat us. Some people think we be out here playing for free, free for all. I mean, what? And an emphatic pay him. Come on. I'm sorry, you're not the GM of the Giants. You don't know the understand the cap situation of the Giants and and all that. Just shut up. And, and you're on a cow, You're on the Cowboys. Just shut up. Just butt out. Mind your own business. Stay in your own lane. A lot of people need to learn how to do that. Stay in your own lane. Ridiculous. Like, why are you weighing in on the Giants anyway? Ugh, th- that tweet bothered me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah. And why don't we do this? We take some uh, some more calls on the, on whatever you want to talk about, but I want to give a little little bit, little NHL uh, playoff preview up next, right here on The Fan. We're down to 50
9: seconds left in the fourth
0: quarter.
11: When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. What a move by Scott! When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. Welcome back to WFAN. My name is
0: Danielle McCartan, hanging with you. We've another. Oh, hour or so. I believe it's Pete Hoffman that comes in next after me. All right. Uh, give me a call. 877 337 I love the shows. It's kind of like a mishmash sort of thing. I mean, we had a tremendous day of sports. I mean, I had the split screen going on the TV. Yanks, Mets, Nets, Knicks, basketball, obviously in the playoffs. Yankees and Mets. Jeez. Don't even know. Controversy in both games. I mean, we can talk about that. Just had a Giants call. Did want to talk a little Jets, but right now, it's time that we talked about. Everybody says, no one talks hockey on the fan. Well, here you go. This I, I talk hockey on the fan, but the thing is, I never get calls about hockey. So, 877-337-6666. Let's start with the Islanders. Uh, you've got uh, the Carolina Hurricanes favored at minus 190 over the Islanders. On that season, the series prop line, but I, listen, the, the return of Matt Barzell is, is going to be huge. For the Islanders. And and he, he says he feels fantastic. Those are my words, not his. He feels fantastic. He feels great. He feels ready to go. And that is, again, huge for an Islanders team, which at times kind of kind of lacks the scoring gusto. And him and Bo Orfat, I mean, watch out. And I, I think the Islanders have a better netminder, better goalie, better goaltender In this series in Sorokin. I think he's better than both Anderson and Ranta, So. I might regret this. But. uh, I'm going to go Islanders in the full seven. Upset city. We'll see what happens. Islanders in seven. And then we move to the Devils. And Rangers. So the Devils. Are coming off a historic season. They set the franchise record for points in a season. They set the franchise record for wins in a single season. And. Side note here, that is a massive improvement upon last season. They only had 25 wins and 49 points last season. So if Lindy Ruff is not named the winner of the Jack Adams Award, which is NHL's Coach of the Year Award, the thing has to be fixed. They had 25 wins, and now it's 52. He more than doubled the win total. More than doubled the point total. I mean, isn't that a lock? Made the playoffs. Is that a lock? Anyway, really, really, I really dug deep into this one. And almost every major statistic, every major advanced metric, offensive, defensive rating charts and course C models and all that, everything I've seen suggests that the Devils win this series. Actually, the numbers said the Devils are going to win the series in six. But... You know, the, the storyline is, you know, it's the, the inexperienced, high-flying Devils against the goalie-heavy, playoff-experienced, championship-caliber locker room Rangers. And I feel that any time that vtech Vanacek does not start for the Devils, it's a complete li- liability. It's an L. L for liability, L for loss. and And to me, that's what the X factor is here. The Rangers have a lot of experience in the postseason especially in Shesterkin, and you can't measure that on a piece of paper. So, you know, this is is a tough one to call, Uh, but because of the experience factor and also because of the fact that I think the Prudential Center is going to have a lot more blue in it than you think at times. It's not going to be as much as a home field advantage, quote-unquote, home ice advantage that I believe that the Rangers would have at Madison Square Garden. Uh, because of all that, I'm picking the Rangers in, in seven. So, uh, Islanders upset special in seven. We'll see what happens. They might get hot at the right time, especially with Barzell back. And uh, I'm picking the Rangers in seven because you can't measure experience on a piece of paper. So, 877 337 6 I'm going to tweet this out. I'm going to send this out on social media, Facebook too. Just so you know, I like to be held accountable. I'm gonna put it out there. And if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, we talk about why why it's possibly wrong. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the number to get aboard. We go to Grace in Brooklyn. You're up on the fan.
16: Hi, Daniel. How are you? Fine, thank you. Um it's been a while I've talked to you
0: before. Yes, I I remember that.
16: Yeah. Anyway, I, I just wanted to say this. I don't mean I don't mean any harm or somebody not getting their turn. But I just wanted Peraza to, to be on the field with all costs. Well, um,
0: yeah.
16: Even, I don't, okay, give Bope his chance. But, but during the same time, just have Peraza on the field. They could repositioning him, you know, but that guy is going to be a superstar, not a star. A superstar in the making.
0: Well, the problem is, Grace, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. if you bring him up, right, and mm-hmm. you just want him to sit there, he's not getting any better just sitting there. He's just not. You have to play the game to get better. So why, you know, why? He, he had a slow spring. Volpe had the better spring. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could change his position, but but where are you going to move him to? Is he going to become a starting pitcher? Because that's what they need.
16: No, not a starting pitcher. Get somebody else off the field and just re- Put him
0: there.
9: Where?
16: Or um, let him play maybe
0: third. Well, if you put him at third, mm-hmm. obviously you want Donaldson out. Out. But if you're putting him at third, what are you doing with Mayhew? Let like, May Mayhew rest up a little.
16: Mayhew is not better, you know. Well,
0: it's a new injury
16: now. He's not better at all. And to me. There's something going on with Mayhew because although he's batting better, his running is not so wonderful.
0: Yeah, I, I just don't know. I mean I like the idea of bringing up Peraza up and I and I know they did in the postseason. There's to me the, the, there's no spot for him. Really. There really isn't a spot for him. They got a surplus of infielders. You got Volpe, you've got Torres, you've got IKF, you've got um even LeMayu is is a better second baseman than anything. So uh, you know, maybe after trade deadline there might be a spot oh, for him. that could it's going to be. St- okay. What scares me more than
16: all? This, this guy, he may not get a good spring, but he is a star in the making. And I do not want the Yankee to, yank to make the mistake and have him just wasted like they are the other players. They are the other little players that they end up tossing one side, because if they do that to this boy here, this would be one of their biggest regrets they would have. You thought Judge was a regret, this boy would be a, a regret, because he, he's going to be a major superstar in the, in the end. And the thing about him, he has more he's younger, he has more years on him, and the more he gets older, the more he's going to improve, And so he's, he's nothing but a
0: superstar. Sure, Grace, I got you. But he—he's a year older than Volpe. I mean, he's batting two eighty nine at AAA. I mean, he had a not a great spring. Volpe beat him out fair and square in the spring. And I, I get what you're saying. He hasn't hit a single home run yet. I mean, he, he's got some more growth to do. Yes, he was fine. He did fine in the postseason because they needed him in that situation. He was better than IKF, but that's not saying much. Right now, there's and I get it and I appreciate it. There's just there's nowhere to put him right now. You can't call him up and have him sit on the bench. That, w- that would be a monumental disservice to the guy and any prospect. If you're bringing these people up, they're going to play. That's how it works. So you're going to have them split time with Volpe. Neither of them are going to get better. You want to put him at third base, then you're going to have a rotation of, of Lemay. You, you can't afford to have who's bat out of that lineup. Now, if you want to tell me, Oh, let's let's try him in center field or let's try him as a pitcher. I mean, maybe, but that's just not gonna happen. Unfortunately. So, yeah, he's a good he's a good player. I get it. But he's got some more growth to do. Let's take a quick break. Dexter Henry just rolled in here and um We'll start the final hour here of McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan.
11: Go for it! Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
0: to the final hour of McCartan After Midnight. My name is Danielle McCartan. I've got Pete Offman coming your way. I've got Manny Rodriguez taking your calls behind the glass. It is a wide-open, mishmashy kind of night. Every sport is available for you to discuss, and I love those. I love those kind of nights. Um, I'm starting to get a little tired here, though, because I got in late yesterday from San Diego, and let me tell you, what a fun trip. Um, I... Went out there to meet my aunt, my uncle, my cousins, and my friend. And, oof, uh, I mean, lots of fun stuff going on there. But the sports aspect of it all is, um, I got to say, the atmosphere outside of Petco Park before a game is like none other. Like, I've been to a lot of stadiums. Nothing compares to this. It, it was, there were these beautiful, take your pick, the beautiful, oh, you can walk to them. Open air sports bars. We picked one called Bubs. That was a suggestion from 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 you, the listeners. So Bubs it was. We went. It was awesome. I actually watched the Yankees get shellacked on one of the TVs there, and I actually asked them to put the Devils game on in, in the in the middle TV. And uh, we watched the Devils win in overtime. We got Juan Soto bobbleheads at the stadium, and we almost Got a rowdy Tellez home run ball. But that story, I'll tell you that that story in a little bit. But the thing that got the most traction on social media was my tweet about the guy sitting next to me on the plane ride home. I was in my usual window seat. And this guy hogged not just my armrest, but the armrest of the guy next to him. So both of them. And then, of course, we had to wait for a gate at Newark Airport. Surprise. And I watched him delete emails one by. He read them, hit the trash can. Read them, hit the trash can. He did it for the final two, two and a half hours of the flight. So after I'm watching, I'm just watching him do it. That's that's fine. That's no big deal. But as we're sitting on on the you know the tarmac waiting for gate fifty one to open, um, he takes out. He closes out his email and he calls some woman. And I don't know what her relation to him was. I think just neighbors I gathered. Uh, I'm not nosy. We were sitting there all annoyed about the gate and he's talking to her on speakerphone. For the whole plane to hear. I mean, are you kidding me? Talk about plane etiquette. That's just bad. Like, no one wants to hear your whole conversation, guy. Like Take her off speakerphone. That got the most traction on, on, on social media, by the way. But it's just rude that is just plain talking about a garage being open and i was like trying to tune him out but you know it's like you've you just landed after a real long cross-country flight there's no gate your everybody's annoyed the the whole thing this guy takes out his whips out his phone and speakerphone come on buddy anyway great trip i packed sunglasses didn't need them at all it was cloudy the entire time And clearly, I brought the clouds and the rain back with me. A little misty rain started falling at Petco Park in, like, the eighth inning. And I felt it on my face. I said to my friend, "Uh, is that rain? She's like, don't think about it. (laughs) Okay. I won't think about it. Um, And Oh, and I also did my first long-form interview. I brought in my carry-on suitcase, obviously, everything I need, my clothes, all that, shoes, whatever. I also had three tripods three iPhones, two microphones, three extension cords, just in case. Again, all in a carry-on with everything else. And I think that was very impressive, if you ask me. Um, But the interview was with a current San Diego Wave president and the first coach in history to win back-to-back Women's World Cups, and that was Jill Ellis. And she's being inducted into the, the National Soccer Hall of Fame on May 6th. I was asked if I wanted to do it, and of course I did. Um, so that was kind of the main scope of the interview. So it's going to be a ton of editing. It's very intimidating, but uh, hoping to get that out this week. So stay tuned on all my social media channels for when I do get that out. At Coach MCCARTAN on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You don't need to like. I'm telling you, believe me when I say it, and I've said it before about other interviews, you don't need to like soccer to like this. I'm telling you. Really. I promise. All right, let's go to the order that you called. Again at eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six, we go to Bergen County, Giorgio, You're up on the fan.
6: Hey Danielle, how are you tonight? Great. How are you? I'm good. It's actually the first time listening to you, so it's, you, you, you're hitting on a you know you're hitting a lot of points that uh, daytime doesn't even hit. So I'm kind of fascinated to actually call in.
0: Oh well, well thanks. We're batting a thousand. One listen, one call.
9: <laughs> I like it. <laughs>
6: So, yeah, I was like, you know, you and Keith are like, you know, hitting on the hockey. You know, no one talks about it. And, it's, it's, you know, even though it's playoff time, I feel like even during the season, no one really gets to talk about it. Oh, man, so, I've, had, um, I've
0: had on Devil's Guests here. I, Ken Danico's been on this season, this regular season with me. Who was the other one? John Marino, he's been on with me here ooh. this season. So you can go, you can Google it.
6: <laughs> i got i got you know i gotta have down because you know we don't we don't get enough of it on the radio so i i was gonna call in you know i mean i have a different opinion obviously on the rangers and devils you know i'm i'm thinking that we're gonna hit a we're gonna go back to 2012 hmm. and uh we're gonna hit a game six as well um i mean experience is one thing but in my opinion the way the four check runs with the devils they i honestly think they have the best four checks not being biased or anything, mm-hmm. but that forecheck, they keep the puck in the, the other team's side just so good yep. and the opportunities that they generate mm-hmm. this season. I mean, I was there at the game one against Detroit, the season opener, and, you know, everyone's booing Lindy Ruff, but, you know, I thought hope that they were going to come back and they were going to form this team that, you know, what the season was.
0: So I mean I, I, they're you know,
6: definitely hitting on all cues.
0: I just get very nervous when I see a guy's name in that goal crease not named Vanichek. Really. There's a s there's a steep drop off.
6: I mean, in my opinion, I think I think if if it's not if it's not, you know, Vanichek, it could be Schmid. Just like, you know, he he came in from Blackwood and mm-hmm. that um that was a that was a performance of the night, and I mean, although Luke Hughes got his first goal, you gotta give you know you gotta give props to the kid. I mean, this team is forming at such a young, like they're so young. It's like, I mean, I don't
0: know if you watch soccer that much. Mm, when I can, not not a lot. I, mean, I heard
6: you talking about it. So I'm I'm going out of limb, but yeah. like Manchester City up in England, yeah, they have a young team, and it just re- it just reminds me of this devil team, and it's just. We're going to be building into the future, and it's just like uh, I I can't wait.
0: I know the the future is bright in New Jersey. It it is. I mean, you look at all. I mean, first of all, we were in the bar in San Diego. I made everybody wait until we watched the end of that overtime game, and Hughes scoring that goal. I mean, his first goal of his career was an overtime winner. I mean, that was that was cool. I I, and the way he
6: scored it too, and in the fashion of overtime. Yes, like.
0: It's almost like a, like one of those movie goals, or like, <laughs> yeah, oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear in the background. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, but hey, listen, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would put it this way: I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils win this series. I wouldn't because they are just they are that talented. I just think it just. I don't know. I think playoff hockey is different, and you got guys like Barkley, Goodrow, and Kane, and all these guys with experience. You're sturking. It's just to me that that's the intangible there and we'll see. We'll see how the Devils handle it Yeah, I mean
6: it's, it's it's up to them to win, you know, it's like every other every other team and every other game It's for them to win and for them to keep going, you know, Yep. but I was also gonna hit on one more point Um Sure, and I think I, I you know, just by listening. I don't know if you're a Mets or Yankees fan but... I like
0: it that way. That's the way I like it <laughs>
6: I'm like I'm oh like I think you're like, you know, you're in the border but like I just Pete Alonso is just like I'm a Mets fan so. Is
0: is crushing a, it. He's I'm not
6: saying he's gonna do what Aaron Judge did, but you know it's looking it's it's looking good in the in the Queens area, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do know. And and it's not just thanks for the call there, Giorgio. It's not just offensively. I mean defensively, he made a web gem of a play today. On a line drive down the first baseline. So, yeah. Pete Alonso is, is a lot to get excited about. He lost 20 pounds, and he's really feeling it this year. I, I attribute it to the weight loss, but you know what I mean. It could be anything, but he's 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 looking really good. Now, if only the Mets had another bat in that lineup to protect him. If only. Dan in St. James. Where's St. James, Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello. Yes. Where is Hi. where is St. James? I never heard of that. St. St. James. It's a beautiful town on Long Island. Oh, okay. I knew it had to be Long Island. I don't know my Long Island geography well. I well, I know you Yankee fans don't know much about Long
3: Island. Who's a know, Yankee fan? The
0: you are. I am? Oh, I
3: looked at your Facebook before I called you.
0: Oh, yeah? Did you see my photo with Brandon Nimmo there then?
14: Well, I saw the Yankees jersey in your profile picture.
0: On my Facebook? Yes. No, the Facebook uh, has me interviewing Brandon Nimmo on the field at Yankee Stadium.
17: I, I don't believe it.
0: I have it right here. I mean, go ahead and look. Oh,
14: oh, hold on
0: one second. No, Dan, that's not how this works. I don't hold on for you. That's not how this works. Hold on one second. You want to go back? whenever You want to finish your side conversation? That's great. But you don't tell me to hold on on my own show. Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. The profile picture is me standing on the field, smiling, interviewing Brandon Nimmo. Cover photo is me wearing a black dress, interviewing Aaron Judge on the field at Yankee Stadium. So I don't know whose profile picture you're looking at, buddy, or what kind of prank call that was going to be, but you ruined it when you told me to hold on during my own show. That's not how it works. (laughs) That's it. You lost your chance. Vinny in Long Island, are up next here on The Fan. TWSAN. Hello? What's up there, Vinny?
14: Hey, let's talk about the
2: Yankees. Let's talk about Stanton going yard off of a, a low fastball. Okay. drive to left field. Okay. This is a player and a half. He runs the Yankees offense. When he's not in the lineup, there's not production.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's off to a an amazing start. I think the Yankees got
2: the Yankee fan base has to put some more respect on his name.
0: Um I think the Yankee fan base is coming around to it. But you're I making a good point. It,
14: it, I've watched since he first came over.
2: We were booing him at the in the beginning, you know, when he wasn't producing, but this guy
14: could really bring you to a chip.
0: Um, well, he hasn't yet. <laughs> That's the thing. He's been on the team for many years, and he hasn't yet. So it's so not It's not going to be a single-handed kind of thing. If he doesn't
12: produce it,
17: yeah.
0: yeah yep. Ask me what? Okay there, Vinny. Okay there, Vinny. <laughs> Too much dead air. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I think you were mentioning the home run that wasn't today. Off the wall, seventh inning. Was that the, Was that what you were talking about? But, uh, yeah, put some more respect in his name. I'm with you on that. I mean, he is a threat in that in that lineup. He's batting fourth for a reason. But he can he can lead you to a chip. Yeah. Well, he's been on the team. Hasn't won one yet. What does that tell you? So it's not a – what tells me it's, it's not one guy that's going to do it on a baseball team. You know, everybody rowing in the same manner. Douglas in the Bronx, you're up next here on The Fan.
17: Happy overnight, Danielle.
0: Hello. <laughs> Welcome Hello. to the overnight, Douglas.
17: <laughs> you could say the guy in the plane had no jet etiquette. Oh. No jet uh, uh, I would also say Odell Beckham Jr. has no jet etiquette, but in more ways than one. You know, I I, not with jet. Douglas,
0: I was thinking about this, and I like that. That's good yeah. for the New York Jets. Um, but I was actually, I was like, I'm going to try. I know I do not sleep on planes, but I was like, I'm, I need to try. And. I, I made sure, and I thought about Odell Beckham Jr. because I made sure that my mm. seatbelt was visible when they came around to check and see.
3: No,
17: yes, he had that altercation the other, the last layer, right? Yeah, I, that's, that's what I was going to refer to. He had yeah. no <laughs> Um Yeah, so uh, yeah, two topics for you tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, great night for the NBA. Um, uh, g- hard pumping games in the nightcap. Uh, I enjoyed both results. Not so hot in the daytime. Not the two afternoon games. Not so hot. But um, yeah. But even though uh, now I enjoyed both results tonight. But even though the Sacramento won, Steph Curry was still able to get the last shot and hoist up the three to try to send it to overtime. So still, that was a tremendous ending. I know you were on the air uh, while yeah, that happened. Yeah, I kind of
0: had like one yeah. and a half, half an eyeball yeah. on it.
14: That's uh, yeah, but uh, you could uh,
17: look that uh, in my in uh, as I talk it to you. Uh, you were yeah. there in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But um, now I I would say it bears repeating to say this uh, with the Knicks. But like un- unlike the last two decades of horrendousness at Madison Square Garden, like this um, this pharaoh with Tom Thibodeau that they focus on defense, offensive rebounding, and those two were huge keys tonight. And um, I was even thinking. Um, that, uh, that you know, two years ago when they made their first playoff run in this in this span, that we had Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson,
3: mm-hmm. we you know they both
17: did good things for us. They did good things on the Knicks that year, but by the time the playoffs came around, they they couldn't score. They couldn't keep up with the Atlanta Hawks, and now we have uh, Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart. What a huge upgrade! What that, an upgrade <laughs> you're uh, right. yeah, to say the least. Oh, but in the in the halftime of Warriors uh, Kings, yeah. Uh, Mike Mike Wilbon he goes, and I gotta say this quote per, per, per verbatim: Jalen Brunson still after the whole season underrated, and if you are the Dallas Mavericks front office and you're watching any of that game, <laughs> you have to just feel stupid. I mean, to let that kid go, just entering the prime of his career, just ramping up. End quote. So I feel yeah. hey,
0: and to put and to pin, pin all all your, your, Douglas and to pin all your hopes and dreams onto Kyrie Irving.
17: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right. And a consolation, uh, tanking the last couple games, yeah. right. But hey, no, for the Knicks to actually get lucky in the off with a pickup, this this is new territory too. So yeah. I like the, <laughs> right. the Knicks are going here. Yeah. Um. So to your going to baseball to your caller that wants Peraza on the team, the only way that just that's facilitated is. It's something that I don't think a lot of Yankee fans would like now, trading off Gleyber Torres. But again, I don't see it. He's had a hot season to start so far, so yeah. um, that's the only thing it'll take right now.
9: Yep. But
17: um, I got a I got a fun tidbit about Anthony Volpe. I know he's had a slow start, but I think he's ramping up here uh, in the in the recent days. But um, so today, he got three three stolen bases and two walks. All right, so uh-huh. they did a st- statistic. Okay. Uh, he is won among four other Yankees in the last 75 years to post those stats, at, you know, at least three stolen bases, two walks. Okay. So before him, A-Rod uh-huh. from the 2009 championship season, Bobby Abreu from 2007, and Ricky Henderson. Uh-huh. He did it five times, once in 85, three times in 88, and one time in 89. Not too shabby, and this is just April 15th, so... Anthony Volpe, kudos to him. Yeah, um, I
0: mean, listen, to, for people to jump online and, and kill him already, it, oh, you're ruining his – what are you talking about? The only way he's going to get experience is that it's to get experience, you know, and he's going to be fine. He's got a good yeah. core of veterans around him pushing him in the right direction. He's yeah. going to be fine, and yeah. people need to stop freaking out and stop, you know, crushing him because that's yeah. the only way he's right. going to be able to grow.
17: Absolutely, yeah. His family right. listens to this
0: radio station. They are listeners to this radio station.
17: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so on to the Herman thing. Um, yeah. I encountered a lot of headlines, but from non-New York sources. So I must emphasize that okay. portion. But one headline got me, It got not to the point I'm going to respond, because I think that's what they're trying to do, clickbait. But one of the headline went, it's just another set, one set of rules for the Yankees, another set of rules for the rest of the league, which is a preposterous, preposterous article that had a way that started, but obviously written by a non-Yankee fan. Yeah, uh, right. Really. No, more but, of a Yankee uh,
9: hater,
0: really.
17: Yeah, yeah yes. Saying, Oh, the umpire was generous enough to ask, Herman about uh, washing his hands. I mean, I mean that's not exactly uh, what I saw out there. And so my buddy, who's a Twins fan, he lives in Iowa. You um, we were texting during the during the game, and he goes, "Well, I, you know, the spin rate for Herman it it changed uh, since the fourth inning. Yeah. and they weren't that it wasn't that different. It wasn't that much different in spin rate. But uh, I, I texted him back." Well, the Twins still couldn't hit him for those th- for innings four through six.
0: Yeah, really. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the argument against that, too. You're right.
17: Yeah, so, I mean, they still couldn't hit him. What difference is But I, But I, I, I must give uh, Nelson Figueroa, give a great tidbit. I did not realize that washing your hands wouldn't make the rosin stick. I did not know that. Yeah, even so, with soap. Was,
0: I, I didn't yeah. realize that it doesn't come off with soap.
17: That's a great—I'm glad he brought that up because, yeah, I mean, sure, okay, I'll wash my hand. I could grip the ball better? Okay. <laughs> but um, but so, uh, yeah, this notion that it's all favoritism. I understand being a, if you're a Twins fan— you're always second fiddle to the Yanks. I got it, but uh, not today. <laughs> yeah, he had a game for, and this is a game that certainly Herman needed. Uh, he did not perform that well. Yeah, uh, in and, early in this early spot. So, and, yeah, and Douglas, yeah. you're
0: right about that because then that's another you know feather in the cap because you're like, oh, if you're the manager of the, the of the Rays the race are on my mind. If you're manager of the Twins, Rocco Baldelli, you're like. Well, he just had a career-worst five walks in a single game, and now he's pitching a perfect game. Something's going on. From start to start, that doesn't happen. He was just trying to get into his mind and the whole thing, and the whole thing was ridiculous. It was not a banned substance. I went back to the the rules. Everything that was was done today was followed. The rule book, uh, not the rule, the memo that Major League Baseball sent out was followed to the T in three different areas. Nelson Figueroa agreed. They they did everything that they did they needed to do. And Herman continued to pitch and rightfully so. And you know if you are a fan of this show you know I'm not a fan of Domingo Herman for what he did in, in off the field but he didn't do anything wrong in this instance. He just didn't uh, yeah, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. as we roll along. Wanted to weigh in a little bit on the uh, Odell Beckham Jr. thing. I thought it was a foregone conclusion. Um, I was wrong, which is good. Um, but uh, before we do that, I did want to look at the, the pitch clock revisited from now an in-person fan point of view from my experience at Petco Park. Uh, tell us about yours from the fan point of view inside the stadium. 877 337
11: Sanchez gets hit, the ball is loose, and it's alive. And then going into the end zone is Steve Gregory. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And it was
2: the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out.
11: When New York Sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app.
0: Welcome back to WFAN. My name is Danielle McCartan, hanging you with you for about another uh, half an hour or so. Pete Hoffman comes your way then. It's been a mishmash show. I, I love it. I just love it. When people call in, they're like, people always, I see it online. People, you know, fan, you know, they don't talk any hockey on the fan. Well, guess what? We talked about all three teams tonight. Playoff basketball atmosphere tonight. Um, And, and the Yankees and the Mets won two thrilling games in two different manners. But still... Two wins? It's an exciting time for sports around here. It's exciting. New York's back, baby. And so, you know, we'll talk about what I want to talk about in a second. I just want to make sure everybody that calls in here does actually get on, just to be sure, sure. So Paul in Forest Hills has has a question for, for all of us, um, which I think might spark some more discussion. So if you wanted to weigh in on this as well, give me a call. 877-337-6666. Hey Paul, what's going on?
18: Hey, hi Danielle. Um I like your I like your I like your show every week when I hear it. Thank you. Um and also I want to discuss what's going on with all the New York teams now. Which do you think is the most promising for New York City right now, in your opinion? Mm. Is it the basketball with the Nets and the Knicks? The baseball of course, Yankees and Mets, sure. Giants or Jets, or is it the three hockey teams? <laughs> What do we have to, what do we what are we missing or are
0: we missing anything right now are we missing anything um yeah the Jets to, to make the playoffs that that's the one thing we're missing
18: so you think the jets is the weak link out of all the teams I mentioned right now
0: yeah they don't right now they don't have a quarterback so yes my vote is oh. the Jets that as the weakest link
18: I see okay um this for me I'm 69 years old and this is the greatest time for me right now all the New York teams are being talked about mm-hmm. on the, on the radio shows TVs so very exciting for me i'm a yankee fan for way back when okay um and i want to discuss what you think Aaron Judge and John Carlos did do you think they will hit 50 home runs each this year Do what are playing
0: right now each i don't think so no
18: we you don't think so, which one will let us down?
0: <laughs> probably Stanton because probably he I, – I would love to see him healthy, and I'm not wishing an injury on him, you know, this season, but I think Judge plays in more games. So my focus is to Judge.
18: I see, I see. And with the hockey teams, um, are you a Ranger fan?
0: Uh, I don't ever reveal fandom on here. Okay. I like to call it right down the middle.
18: A. Okay. Well, who do you think will, will win the Ranger and – um uh, Devil series.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's a tough one. I think that's going to be a, an excellent. I think it's going. I think it's going seven.
1: That's mm-hmm.
0: uh, it's going to be. That's probably one of the the best series, you know, in in the playoffs. But I do think it's going to go seven. And uh, I mean, ultimately, I know the Devils are, are supremely talented and young and all that. But ultimately, I, I think that the experience that the Rangers players have. In those scenarios, and I think is a better goalie, um, I-, I think the Rangers pull it out in seven.
18: Mm. Next question, and thank you for answering my question. Yeah, um, if the Knicks win, you know, the Cleveland series, cleveland kind of clears, um, who will the Knicks play after that? Who's a projected that they will play? Like will it be Philadelphia or Boston-Milwaukee?
0: Wait, I'm not. I'm not. Say that. I'm not understanding the question. Okay, I
18: understand the Knicks. The Knicks are the fifth seed, correct?
9: Oh, 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 oh. So now, if, okay. if
18: the
0: Knicks win that
18: series and the first seed, I guess the Knicks will play the first seed. Of-
0: yes. So if the Knicks win this series, they've got either the first seed Bucks or the eighth seeded Heat. Most likely the Bucks, probably.
18: Oh, I see the Bucks. How do we feel with the Bucks? Did we we won a game with mm-hmm. them this year, right or oh, two? Cool.
0: How do we feel with the Bucks? I don't know. I mean, it's it's different. It it it's different. I think it, what's his name, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? Oh, he's just too good. He's Unstoppable. just too good. Yeah. I mean, listen, I be I would be so happy. I mean, these phone lines have been filled with Knicks callers all night. I would be so happy if the Knicks were to pull that uh, an upset victory mm-hmm. over the 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 Bucks. But he's just really good.
18: And 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 getting back to you, uh, last week you were discussing the player from Dallas on, um, um you know, what's the, You know, um, the guard in Dallas. What's his name, please? Uh, L- oh, oh, oh uh,
0: Luke. Yeah, Luke Doncic. Donc, Doncic. Right, 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 Yeah, yeah.
18: I never heard people say that they don't want this guy to come to to the New York Knicks. This guy's a great
0: player. The problem was the caller called up and wanted to offer the whole team for him. That was the problem. He proposed a, a, a trade. And I forget now who was in the trade, but it was like half the starters and like half the bench for one player. That That's not possible. That's... Oh, of, co-
18: of course it's not possible. Um, do you think that he he will be traded? For, uh, does he want out of Dallas <sighs> after what happened to them yeah, this that, past that's... week or so?
0: Paul, that is the million-dollar question. Does he want out of Dallas? Is Are the rats fleeing the ship already? The sinking ship already in Dallas with Kyrie Irving joining that team. Um I would think yeah. I, I think I think he wants out. When there's smoke, there's fire. That's my opinion. But no, the, the caller proposed a trade and wanted to send all these all these freaking Knicks all down there. And oh, what do you mean? You don't want them? Not for that price. You, you can't change the name of the, the 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 rules of the game now. This is what you proposed. I said no, and then you criticized me for it. I'm not offering the whole team or even half of it like you wanted to last week. Carmelo and Astoria, you're up next here on The Fan.
3: How are you doing, Maureen? Who? How's everything? How you doing who? Oh, my fault. <laughs> my fault. I'm just a little tired. Just came out of work. I-, I want to talk about the Knicks, about Randall. Okay. Like He shoots too much, like like threes, you know? He shoots like, too many one- threes. I think it- he's it- it- like one for five in the team. They were eight for twenty nine. They got to stop shooting threes.
0: He was three for ten. He had three of the eight.
3: Okay, well, Does that I'm make you feel like but in general, but the team—they're eight for twenty nine. You're not going to go nowhere in the playoffs with that. to three pointed like that. You got to go I back mean, inside. It
0: wasn't good. You're get right. The guys falling. It wasn't good.
3: I'm not saying that that he's going to continue like this, but the team got to stop shooting threes. Go inside. Get get um Lavert, I believe, and and. Harris, Lavert. Um,
0: Karis Lavert had three total points tonight. That's what you want.
3: No, no, I'm saying get the big guys in foul trouble. Go inside, punish that. You know, let those guys get fouled. You know, go off the bench and you know, stop shooting these threes and, and just play a little bit better defense on the outside perimeter. That's what I want.
0: I mean, yeah, Carmelo, play a little better defense on the outside perimeter. That 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 could always be the case, but I. I I thought I heard on the radio that the points in the paint were good for the Knicks. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and it was on the way in, and it was raining, pouring rain. But I thought that—let me look at the shot chart here. I thought that points in the paint for—points in the paint. Brooklyn had—oh, that's a freaking Brooklyn game. What am I clicking on? I found it, though. I know where to look for it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm tired, too. Shot charts here because I thought I heard that the Knicks were were very good in the paint. Knicks, forty four points in the paint. That's pretty good. Forty four of their one hundred and one came in the paint. That's pretty good. So I don't know. Are there now the 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 question of are there too many three pointers taken in the game of basketball? The more general question. I think the answer is yes. But to criticize Randall, and at times I've been critical, you take too many points, you know, three-point shots. He made three of the eight, and that wasn't good. And, and that was a theme throughout the game. The three-point shooting on, from both teams was horrible. I actually, one of my notes to myself was at halftime, I wrote to myself, whichever team improves upon their three-point shooting is going to win this game. And actually, neither team did <laughs> pretty much from that point on. So, um, yeah, it was just atrocious across the board. Let's go to Jeff in Beacon Falls. You're up next. you on the fan.
2: Hey, Danielle. How are you?
0: Good. Hey, Jeff, quick question. Beacon Falls, got to be Long Island, right?
2: Uh, no, it's in Connecticut. Oh,
0: man. I'm going to strike two tonight.
2: <laughs> Listen, we, it we got no falls and no beacon. So I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, I call it the beak, but then people around here are like, what's the beak? I go, you know, you live here. Beacon, falls, the beak, get it?
14: Well, whatever.
2: <laughs> but it's really nice. So anyway, uh, the first guy I wanted to say was uh, I, I called you before, but uh, how's it going?
0: Yeah, It's going good. You know, just goes uh,
2: great. You're, you're always nailing it. I'm just uh, always amazed that you're vast depth of sports knowledge and uh, probably everything else too, because you're really smart. So uh, and it's a pleasure to listen to you. So thank you. And uh, I wanted to first hit on the Mets, uh, the opening day, canceling opening day thing. And I know it ended up a nice day and all that stuff, but even if it wasn't like a crappy day, I say you don't cancel opening day. That's a bad omen. A lot of people, you know, rearrange their world and their kids world and everything. And they, taking days off coming to, to the game and, I know. and if you even if it rains it's like that's part of the would be part of the story I, I just think that's a that's like a rich kid thing to do oh we're canceling we're tired whatever whatever reason wow. it was but,
0: no, uh, i think i, I think like that the, the mets also had in mind that the next day was actually it was good friday right that next day so i think they knew that a lot of people already had off um i know i know where i work i i, I work with a coworker who had tickets to that game his wife bought him tickets to that game and actually he was going to have to take a pay cut from school uh, you know a vacation day without pay because it's the, it was going to be the day before the spring break started so he actually lucked out that that it got canceled <laughs> because he got well, it, he got paid to work that day
2: so it worked good they worked good for him that day yeah um, but anyway i just like kind of it took away that those to the grindstone thing that, you know, I don't know if I, if I look what I like. But. Yeah,
0: I don't and think he, it's a bad omen, though. I mean, you want everybody to be safe. And the worst is when you get there and and they cancel it. That You paid $49 to park. You got a $16 beer in your hand. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to cancel it. What? Come, yeah. back, come back tomorrow. No way. $16 yeah, it, for the George Washington Bridge.
2: So are you saying they canceled it way early? Yeah, I, I yeah not, people oh, didn't even good. get
0: in the cars yet.
2: All right, I'll forgive him for that one. <laughs> but, but I just wanted to say, uh, our boy Pete Alonzo, I feel he's uh, very underrated. Like he doesn't get the, the respect when they're talking about all the, you know, I know Judge is great and all mm-hmm. these guys and everything. But I know Alonzo's right there. I mean, even if you look at the numbers over yeah, the last is. three, four years, he's a beast and yep. we'll go off to a good start again. But I love him and he's young and he's he's a ball gamer. He's just I don't know what it is. Maybe he's too. Uh, a polar bear is cute, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's definitely an awesome player. So
0: yeah. I'm with you. I agree, and, and and I take responsibility in that too. There, Jeff, and thanks for the call. Um, yeah, next week I think we're gonna have a Pete, Pete Alonzo appreciation segment. I think we'll do that next week. All right, then we'll talk about uh, the appreciation for Joe Douglas and how he didn't go after Odell Beckham Jr. Perfect move. My name is Daniel McCartney. I'm with you for about another 20 minutes right here on the Fan
11: we have a mic and you have a phone call the fan at 877-337-6666 powered by superbook sports visit superbook.com welcome
0: back to McCartney after midnight here on the fan in new york city as we continue along pete hoffman will be joining you very shortly I have to weigh in on one more thing before I go, and I'll take again your calls as well. But um, not that I'm here for any Odell Beckham Jr. slander, really. But last weekend, to me, and I talked, we talked about last weekend how it looked like it was, you know, it was going to be a foregone conclusion and he was going to be a jet. And you know what? I'm glad it wasn't because, you know, at the meetings in Arizona, Joe Douglas was calling him a unique talent, and he said, the more weapons, the better. The Jets absolutely made the right choice here. And and maybe even it wasn't even the Jets' choice to make, but um, Beckham never made the trip to Jersey, and that's fine. And I'm glad that they weren't put in the position to have made an offer for two reasons. A, or even three, actually. A, the Jets have a young team, reason number one. And and maybe fatherhood chilled them out, but we around here have had a front row seat to the Odell Beckham Jr. Circus. Uh, circus. And I don't want to use those, you know, extracurriculars. I don't want them to, to screw with this Jets young roster, this core young players on this team. You know, like, if, if I think if Odell Beckham came, think about the number of players in that wide receiver room with him too. Garrett Wilson, Offensive Rookie of the Year, don't forget. Alan Lazard, McCall uh, Hardman. I want to see Garrett Wilson's growth coming off last season. I didn't want to see his role diminished because of a needy Odell Beckham Jr. to the money. Uh, last week we talked about how Spotrac was estimating the AAV was going to be about twelve point seven million a year. I thought that was even a lot for a guy who put up numbers really in his most recent full season, very similar to those of Corey Davis, who's making eleven point one million. I guess he doesn't have the name recognition as Odell Beckham, same you know, same level of name recognition as Odell Beckham Jr. Again, coming off injury as well, a major. Surgery. So when I saw that he actually signed for 50, a $15 million AAV, I was relieved he wasn't going to be on the Jets. And that number, by the way, can go up to, you know, 18. He's got th- up to $3 million in incentives. It's just too much for him. And the quarterback, uh, assuming that it's going to be, we talked about this last week, and assuming that it's going to be Rodgers under center for the Jets, assuming. It was curious to me why Aaron Rodgers had Odell Beckham Jr. on his quote-unquote list, wish list to begin with because to me, it seems that their personalities would not mesh well. They are two heads with big egos that can blow up at any time, like two sticks of dynamite. So, yeah, go play with Lamar Jackson, presumably, right? I mean, Odell wouldn't sign a deal with a team not knowing who the quarterback is, right? And I just can't wait to watch the complaints from Odell Beckham Jr. about how Lamar is running the football into the end zone and not passing it to him. And one more thing on this. Did you see the pictures already? That night, the both of them were already partying together at Live in Miami with some bottle service and all that. Yeah, I'm good. Pass on Odell. Congratulations on getting the bag a little bit, though. It's all I know it's only a one-year deal, but... That that would have been he would have wreaked, wreaked havoc on this Jets locker room. Um so I'm glad I'm glad it's a no. Uh eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six as we roll along. Bob in Staten Island, you're next here on the Fan of New York.
18: Hey Danielle, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm Greg. You're uh, you're very knowledgeable. You're such a you're such an easy listen.
0: Ah, thanks. I appreciate that. Um
2: quick question on the Jets. Now, we all know they picked 13th
18: and, and, you know, Green Bay's not getting that pick. Right. All right. So everybody thinks, you know, it's offensive line, Ackle in particular. I don't agree with that personally. I I think uh, they
6: may
2: trade down a little bit, maybe pick up uh, that third. They lost. In your opinion, um, who do they pick? And if they do trade down because they don't think any of these tackles are any good. Mm-hmm. So who would you who would you take?
0: Well, um, I'm gonna be quite honest. I haven't yet done my extensive, extensive draft uh, research. I just haven't oh, Danielle, it's getting close. I know, I know. I was looking at the calendar and I was like, oh so I'm gonna do it this week. So I'm on I'm on next Sunday from six PM to ten PM and as far as names, yeah, you call me back then. I will have a name for you. I have a list of names for you in, in, in order of of preference. Um, Yeah, I got to get All right. on that look
2: this in, week. Look, in, look into Jack Gamble. He's, he's the next Michael Parsons.
0: Jack Gamble. Okay.
2: Jack Gamble in Iowa. All
0: right. I am going to look into him. Oh, here it is. Yeah, I got it. All right. Keep the tab open. I'll, I'll hit it this week. Okay, Bob? That's,
14: thanks, Daniel.
0: All right. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to, to start my extensive draft research yet. I have to say, um, I was away the whole week, and yeah, it, it was—it's been a lot. But uh, this week, I, I looked at my schedule. And I was like, okay, I need to start doing some major homework. And don't worry, I will. It, it always gets done. It always gets done. Next Sunday, six p.m. to ten p.m., we'll we'll have a whole draft special on here. And it's just—it's a lot because all, all the rest of the teams made the playoffs. So it's just been a lot, a lot. I was even saying that to my friends and and in San Diego, like, yo. No one even wants to talk about the draft, because everything else is going on here. But that's no excuse. I'm not making any excuses. I'll have it for you next week. Uh, let's go Sparky in Dobbs Ferry. You're the closer tonight, Sparky.
14: Okay, Coach. That's everything? Great. How are you? Oh, good, good. Now, as far as the Yankees, when you see Bader come back, mm-hmm. and you see Donaldson come back, their roster is going to be like a game of musical chess.
9: <laughs> yeah. I mean,
14: I hope... I mean we're stuck with Donaldson no matter what, so yep. we gotta hope he does good.
9: Yep.
14: But you hope that they have the guts to get to 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 release the, the outfielder. Now I'm getting nervous for getting his name. The the Which ten one? million dollar man.
0: Oh, Aaron Hicks.
14: Yeah, Hicks. I mean yeah. you hope they release him. Okay. You hope. But but you know one thing that concerns me is Lemayu and I'm wondering how badly this guy is hurt because before he started having injuries, you never saw this guy strike out ever. Yeah. And something's affecting his play, you know, his batting.
0: Well, it was a quad injury. He did have a quad um, yeah. this week. and it, I don't know. I mean, he is an older, he's getting older. He's not an old guy, but he is getting older. And, and maybe something is going to come out, out of it long-term. I don't know.
14: And now it's Voltaic. I, I like the fact that this kid just totally has a good head on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, the easiest thing you would know, obviously, being a coach, is if a player is not really hitting up to what he thinks he's going to do, he'll carry it out into the field where he's making errors. Definitely. Stuff like that. It's not affecting his field. But just look at the way how his base running is, how smart he is.
0: Yeah, and, and you saw, Sparky, that Aaron Boone called him a uh, a heady player at the end of today's game. And that's it's, it's, it is, it's instinctual, but he practices it. And I know that's a, a conundrum there. But, uh, yeah, Volpe, he's going to be all right. And you hit the nail on the head. Exactly right. So um, he's not taking it into the field, and that's great. He'll come around, I'm telling you. So thanks to everybody. Could not have done this over the past four hours without you. Uh, if you missed any portion of tonight's show, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature. Select like the start of the show, which was 10 p.m., Great job to Connor Green tonight, Manny Rodriguez, Dexter Henry. I'll see you next Saturday, next Sunday. Sorry, next Sunday night, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Coach McCartan, at Coach McCartan on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Pete Hoffman, up next here on The Fan.
11: Sports Radio, 101.9 FM.